Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dungeon Boys. My name is Keith, and I am your DM. Josh playing as Arlo, your forest gnome druid. John playing Eros, your tiefling cleric. I'm Bryce playing as Jack Law, the high elf paladin. I am Zenus playing as Grim, the Osmar barbarian. And we are the Dungeon Boys. Let's, I think we should go ahead and nail it down, the four of you. Am I a Dungeon Boy or am I something else? Are the four of you Dungeon Boys or are we all the Dungeon Boys? I feel it, it is like a collective. Once every few weeks. I feel like it's a, like a music group kind of deal, like Keith and the Dungeon Boys. Right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Or right. Tank, it would be Tank and the Dungeon Boys. That sounds cool. I think I, I want that t-shirt. That. Your Tank DM. That... That t-shirt, I think, would be great if it was, like, me on the microphone and then all of you with instruments, but instead of, like, instruments, they were your weapons in D&D and they were your characters. That would be an awesome t-shirt. Instruments of destruction. Yep, not. so much. Someone who can draw. Get on that. Done. Get on that. I can't okay. draw. Do it anyway. All right. Does anybody else want to do a recap, or is, is that on me tonight? Um, we We infiltrated... I think we got this. We we infiltrated and we we stopped the alarm system at a fortress o thug, mm-hmm. and Grim and Arrows went and destroyed a couple of very nice individuals um, who just happened to be thugs. Yeah. Um, handily stole some gold and uh, disguised themselves as as. The, the two individuals who were bringing back a, a shipment of gold and finery to be brought back to the stronghold, the fortress, whatever we call it. And um, they raised the alarm. Uh, as this was, was about to happen, Bryce's character, Jack, I forget, did you actually like set something ablaze? Yeah, there was a market stall. Before you answer that, Kind of late. But before you have to answer that, I have to acknowledge that someone just followed the Twitch channel and their name is Nerdy, Nerdy Drunken Monkey Goblin. Thank like you for it. following the channel, <laughs> Nerdy Drunken Monkey Goblin. We very much appreciate that. I would run from that. that battle. I would not. I would not battle this person. <laughs> that sounds like when I'd you leave make that a monkey clip goblin on Twitch. Uh, surrender the URL. <laughs> yeah. It really does sound like that. Mm. But we love you, nerdy, drunken, drunk, nerd, monkey, goblin, whatever you want to be called. Thank you so much for being here. And Thanks, Bryce, please continue. We love you, nerdy! Uh, yeah. I burnt down a market stall that was run by the thug organization, who is nameless at this point. Um, I set my sword ablaze and jabbed it into their market stall. And everybody came running out to see what the the commotion and the smoking and stuff like that was. And while everybody was running out, Mm -hmm. the dungeon boys infiltrated and slammed the door shut behind them. Well, we're working on slamming the door shut. Yeah, we're trying No, Kate latched it. That was the last turn that was taken. Oh, so the door is latched? Yeah, I slammed it shut with my turn. Big boy came out. Then we retconned that, oh, wait, Kate hadn't taken a turn. And she locked it. And then big boy came out. And then um, but in the midst yes. of that, our yeah. friend Arlo, the gnome god of everything, 
created I love your a description from earlier <laughs> magic fire monster that is rampaging around in here in an enclosed stone structure yes. with no way out. And if he loses concentration on yep. it, it is an enemy to the rest it of us. Becomes hostile to the party. It deals damage. It does. By walking. And also existing. Yes. <laughs> and also by touching things. And it not doesn't even attack. Things. It just touches something, and it, it sets it ablaze. Getting close to touching something right. also will be bad. Right. Right. All not good. Yes. So, and then at the very to wrap last it up, minute, there are we currently a little bit of lag there. Yeah, at the last minute, we had a, we had a, a thugnificent, I guess, like the a main thug, a boss thug, I guess, show up with a a lit stick of dynamite in a room in a building that we assume is full of other explosives. Correct. So I'd like to go ahead and clarify a few things. The reason that you're inside this place is, A, it has dynamite that Kate suggested you guys should go grab before you move, take your journey into the mountains. And B, it could be full of gold. Uh, And C, this uh, thug fort is terrorizing and extorting the town of Melora's Quiver. So you guys devised a plan, you effectively executed that plan, and now inside the walls, all you have left are three thugs, two giant hyenas, and one big, almost like piratey looking guy, like a big old thug man. And he just walked out of the out of the garage where you are trying to get into with a lit stick of dynamite holding it in his hands, and he's about to take his turn. <laughs> and so as a fire elemental is rampaging throughout this fort, the four of the the four party members and their companion Kate, the Rangeress, uh, are inside, the gates are closed, and things are about to go down, and we promise Monkey Goblin to not take your booze. Monkey uh, Goblin says they're a good monkey goblin. Just don't take touch their booze. Please. No. Yo. Isn't it our turn again since we did a sneak attack? No. No? It is okay. not. That that time has already passed. Oh. This okay. is real time. We are now mm-hmm. in real time. So, noticing the giant fire elemental that stands before everyone, as well as the foreign entities inside of this place causing havoc the thug leader grunk as you have heard his name might be rears back and throws the stick of dynamite towards the fire elemental for reasons you may you may discern or you may not and now the thing about dynamite is that unlike say a dagger or a crossbow bolt. If you miss with dynamite, something still gets hit. <laughs> so we're going to have to figure out how this is going to work. Also, I have neglected to properly describe the dynamite we're talking about here. This dynamite is like Acme dynamite. This is not a thin uh, paper towel tube of dynamite. We're talking about not quite a, a, a beer keg. Um, I'm trying to, to get something that would be about the right size. Imagine if you took like four coffee mugs and put them all side by side into like, you know, four of them that width of dynamite. 
about a foot, foot and a half long. It's a big thing. And he's going to chunk this stick of dynamite towards the hot boy there. And he chunks it way high. And we're going to roll to see exactly what this fella <laughs> does. Um, and one thing that's part of this guy's traits is that he too can do the reckless. He can attack recklessly. So at the start of his turn, uh, he can gain advantage on all melee weapon attacks or rolls during that turn. But attack rolls against him have advantage until the start of his next turn. Your characters don't know that. Um, so we're going to roll to try to hit the fire elemental in the face with a stick of dynamite. Uh, Mr. Arlo, I assume you will have that stat block handy. I gotcha. However, I mean, he is immune to all fire damage. Right. Dynamite produces more force damage than fire damage is how I'm how I'm playing this. Okay. And also, he doesn't know what it's going to do, but he knows that of all the things he has in his repertoire, <laughs> dynamite is the closest thing to being effective against a giant fire creature. Gotcha. And I hate to start out a episode like this, but he did immediately roll a natural 20. <laughs> so so this guy with rippling muscles, like a cut-off leather tank top, braided beard, walks out into the, into the garage door opening, rears back a stick of lit dynamite, and throws it, hitting the fire elemental directly in his head. Mm. Nat 20 like I, I can imagine he had like a good football spiral on this thing oh going. man it looked good there was it was a per- perfect spiral there were people whistling from outside of the uh outside of the fortress mm. <laughs> as it flew through the air <laughs> <On the stilts>. <laughs> um, <laughs> whenever it hits there are two there are two thugs wearing vertically striped black and white uh shirts with their hands up in the air signifying that the kick was good um i'm gonna roll damage for this dynamite do it um which i need to go find i need to actually type in what this does let's call it 50 d10s no not that (laughs) i I know what it is i just have to find the reference um or my own reference 1d6 how about that wow yeah, ooh, yeah. Wow. All right. That's how the not, Acme Dynamite work. Lots of smoke, lots of noise, but uh, not a whole lot of damage, right? Right? Yeah, well, <laughs> it only looks like Acme Dynamite. Oh, okay. So this thing has a radius of uh, 40 feet. So if you're within 40 feet, how tall is a fire elemental, Josh? 10 feet. 10 feet tall. So I'm going to need, at this point... Honestly, Arlo and Jack and Kate are all going to need to roll. Ooh, and Thug number three are all going to need to roll dexterity saving throws. Thug number three is also on fire, so. Yeah, he might be about to have a bad day. Wait, I thought I was like right beside Arlo since he went Mm -hmm. up. Do you want to get blown up by dynamite, John? You're you're ahead of him. Never mind. (laughs) We cut cut right there. Oh. Yeah. Right there. So uh, you said so, dexterity saving throw. Yep, thug number three is on fire. He's trying to pat himself out. He's completely oblivious right now. I can't see what you rolled. <laughs> That's a sixteen, boy. 
A 16. That will you will effectively dodge. You'll take half that. this damage, though. <laughs> yeah. Jack. Oh, boy. <laughs> Do I dodge? <laughs> we're, about, we're about to see. Um, you're yeah, far enough cool. away, though. You're far enough away. How about Arlo? You're going to take a quarter of the damage. Jack, okay. you're going to take half. Kate's about to roll. Oh, boy. Wait, who? Wait. Wasn't there a thing where people get advantage? Blessing, add D4 to checks. Yeah. Nice. You just saved Kate's life. <laughs> nice. Man. Perfect. I remember Wait, you had a buff that added. You. That was you. You did I, blessed. I, I did the blessing. I think you did. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did so, so you added a buff that saved Kate's life. She's going to take half damage, and Jack, or Arlo's going to take a quarter. So it's time to roll up this damage. Grim, you're watching all this from a distance. The the fire or the the explosion, big forceful explosion, explodes across the sky. Also, because the elemental is resistant to fire damage, we're going to say it also takes half damage. Sweet. It's only going to take the force damage. So, um, I'm going to try to count all this up. That's a bad one. Eight. Uh, Thirteen. Fourteen. Uh, 20, 22, 27, uh, 32. You sure I saved Kate? <laughs> We're about to see 40, Oof. 41, 45, 49, and for the final one, uh, 57. <laughs> so, 57 damage. Half of that we're going to call 25. Uh, 28? No, yeah, 28. Call it 28. 28 damage. I right. take full damage, right? Um, half. No, you're only, you're only taking half. You're only taking half because you're far enough away. Okay. I'm taking half. Quarter, all of it? You're taking a quarter of it, so... 14, 15? Yeah, call it 14. Okay. Or, no, 13. No, 14. 14 is half of 28. Sorry. Yeah. And Hot Boy is going to take uh, 28 damage. Yeah, he shrugs. Um, Why does he only take half? He's... He's a fire elemental. He's. I'm gonna give him resistance to dynamite. <laughs> All right. Um. Oh man. <laughs> I'm. I'm killing him. He's. What? Uh, T. No. T. Number three. Thug number three takes the explosion. <laughs> He's trying to pat himself down. The explosion forces his face into the fiery ground as he slides towards that tent over there, and the sliding. Finally, he slams into this tent and snaps his neck on the corner of it. Ouch. He is dead. Death he by tent. It wasn't the explosion at all. Yeah. He is dead. Now, one final thing. Jack, you were unable to complete the saving throw. You are going to be thrown 20 feet backwards. I better not hit that tent. 
they you are, are proving deadly. Right? You are tossed over the tent, <laughs> landing, <laughs> landing behind it. I'm going to roll one I'm more nice d10 damage <laughs> for this impact. But right. it was only a one. You gracefully slide <laughs> into the ground, slamming onto the, onto it as uh, you know bad things occurred to you. Kate takes the explosion like a champ. She turns around as the explosion happens. Her brown hair, her her braid coming undone in the force, her hair blowing forward as she faces the wall. And she slides a little bit but keeps her footing. Um, and you can tell that she's hurt by this, but she still stands strong. Uh, Arlo, I assume you take some damage. Yeah, uh, we need bit. to talk about concentration. Say, you gotta so make a constitution I'm... saving throw to concentrate on a spell. Right. Mm, no. That's right. A constitution saving Thank throw. You, Josh. What? I just needed one turn <laughs> to give you advantage. <laughs> and you couldn't concentrate long enough. <laughs> Boys, it's a six. I don't... Oh, um, boy. <laughs> I don't quite think that's gonna gonna do it. Um, now, I'm, let me just check. I, I don't think it is because it's it's gotta. I gotta remember how concentration works. Right. Well, while you're re- remembering that, let me just read off the conjure elemental real quick. Yeah. If your concentration is broken, the elemental doesn't disappear. Instead, you lose control of the elemental. It becomes hostile towards oh, you no. and your companions, and it might attack. It doesn't say it will. It says it might. An uncontrolled elemental can't be dismissed by you, and it disappears one hour after you summoned it. Guess what, boys? We just brought it out. The DM has the elemental <laughs> statistics. Is that true? Is that really true? I'll get it. I also have a dog in the backyard. He's very upset about the fire elemental. I don't know, right? I, I think he might be more upset All than right. me. Fire. Just just for, for your reference, because if we have to fight this fella, um, he is now at 74 health instead of 102. Okay, you got it. Dang, I should have said less. So, uh, when making a constitution saving throw to maintain your concentration, the DC equals 10... Or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. <clears throat> so you weren't gonna save <laughs> more than likely. Well, half the damage I take is like seven. Oh, never mind. Sorry, sorry. No, my whichever bad. is higher, though. Yeah, whichever is higher is ten. So you also you got still, a six. You don't save, so by the way. way you... Yeah, it wouldn't. Uh, it would. It was not good. Not we good have enough. lost control of the fire elemental. We've lost containment. Wait, why'd you only take seven damage? You should have taken fourteen. No, I took fourteen. But this is what you're saying, like half of the damage. Oh, half took, damage. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not good, boys. It's not good. Alright. So the fire elemental shifts to my control. That Pokemon is now in my Pokeball. You ever have like really um, good intentions with something but it backfires <laughs> on you? Yeah. yeah. Not to it, this degree. It, no. <laughs> it happens frequently. Uh, um, you use the temperature that, reference. I did. That, you caught it. Good job. That was good. That was good, Zenus. That was impressive. We're podcasters. We're witty. Mm. We're witty, quick podcasters and streamers. Um, all right. We're going to move on to Thug number four's turn. Thug number four. He should just quit uh, and just walk away. He really should, point. but he's trapped. So he's going <laughs> to come over here to Kate. 
and he is going to try to murder her on his way to try to open that door. So he is going to whip out um, his stat block. He's going to whip out his mace that he's wielding. And oh, he's going to crit fit. Yep. Before we get too far, so I don't forget, is Jack prone? Jack is currently prone, yes. Okay. Currently prone. Half movement to get up? Yeah. I'm going to put a red... Uh, Bryce, take that red ring off of him whenever he gets up. Okay. Yeah, teaching moment for all the viewers out there. If you're ever knocked down in D&D in combat, it is half of your movement speed for that turn to stand back up. Mm-hmm. The more you know. All right, so he swings his mace one time, but Kate is able to take her bow out and Hawkeye-style swing her bow and knock the mace away. She's gonna, He's going to roll again to try to hit, but yet again... His mace cannot find purchase upon her body, for she is too swift afoot, and she dodges the second mace blow. Um, and that will be the end of his turn. Tug numero dos. Um, is he dead? Yeah, he's only got <laughs> one and four now. Okay, <laughs> so, no, sorry, one, not, not two. Thug number one. Thug number one is going to get out of the fire. Um, he is I'm, on fire. He is currently on fire. He, is what he has to roll to put himself out? Yeah, he. Well, that's <laughs> how it normally works. <laughs> you know what? For humor's sake, that's what he does. He's going to take. He's going to take an action and stop, drop, and roll to try to put himself out. Unless he like does something horrible, he rolls a nat twenty. He and, successfully puts himself out. Dang. And, and he okay. moves over to his boss, the big boy, to offer protection. Hmm. Um, but we're going to say, how much damage is somebody who's on fire? He does uh, take... 1d10. So I'm going to roll that damage. Yeah, he does take 1d10 fire damage at the start of his turn. That's right. So he takes 6 damage Whoop. while he's on fire. But he survives that and moves over to the big boy and protects him. He said, when he gets over there, he says, I got you, boss. He says crisply. Yeah. Um, <laughs> giant hyena number one comes a rolling through, trying to dodge the fire and moves its way closer to you for attacking and whatnot. And whatnot. And Arlo, we, we, dodge the fire. we are now <laughs> back at your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn, Arlo. Oh, it's my turn? Yeah. Yep. Ooh, okay. You are that Arlo. Uh, um, At this um, point, I'm picturing yeah. like all of you fighting on the ground while Arlo creates another elemental titan, and the two of them have a grudge match <laughs> <laughs> during the fight. Oh, wow. Uh, that would be pretty epic, but um, I don't know if... Hot Boy is going to be hostile to us yet. I just know that right. I have just now lost lost control. Like Correct. the reins have dropped. So, um, I am going to head in the direction of Kate to try to secure the gate with Kate. Okay, it's it's last. Gotcha. 
Oh, is it latched? Yes. I thought we were okay. It's currently locked. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're good on that one then. So in that case, okay. I see that Jack has been blown over a tent. I'm going to make my my uh, way in that direction. Okay. Cool. Not sure how far that is. Um, on drag yourself. How many feet do you have? I got I got two feet. I am a gnome, but uh, how many? Uh, I can move twenty five feet distance? of movement speed. Heck, let's call it. You can make it. You can make can it over it. there. Yes. Well, I guess on the end there, if people are within five feet of me, they get an extra ten feet of movement speed. So. When he gets to the end, he gets a second wind. <laughs> it's like a little whoop right there at the end. Okay. Um, can I take an action to see if I can offer Jack a hand to get him back on his feet? Absolutely. Cool. Weak grass pans. I pull on you, and probably not a whole lot happens, but I think it's more symbolic than anything. Down. Um, you pull Jack up to his feet. Hey, there we go. Helpfully. Jack, did you see that explosion back there? Um, yes, I was, I was thrown quite far by it. Oh, right, right, right. I can imagine, like, we're both a little singed at this point. <laughs> but, look, that big fellow over there, he's the one that threw it, right? The, the, the exploding thing. Yes. The, Is that uh, what we're looking for? I suppose so. Kate did say something about uh, clearing something in the mountains, or I don't know. My head's still ringing a bit, but we need to get it away from him, whether we get it for ourselves or not. Well, he already used it. I'm sure he wouldn't use all he has on a throw at that distance. I'm sure he's got more somewhere. What do you mean there's more of that stuff? I couldn't say, but it's, oh, shoot. it stands to reason, I feel. Oh, shoot. All right. All right. So let me see what I got here. Man, this has taken so many different uh, turns from how I was expecting here. Um, That's part of my job. Right? So I think what I'm going to do... Hmm, not that one. Okay. I'm just gonna pat Jack on the I guess it's side or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, use the cantrip resistance. So you touch a willing creature nice. once before the spell ends, target can roll a D four, add the number rolled to one saving throw of its choice. It can roll a die before or after saving the throw, the spell then ends. So there you go. Well, let's get to it then. And that's uh that's my turn there. All right, resistance has been cast. Moving along, it is Grim's turn. Yes. <clears throat> All right. So, um, Grim was primarily focused uh, southeastward. So okay. he was like he was kind of debating whether or not he was going to go um, to number four or to the. Uh, hyena down there uh-huh but um i imagine that as soon as like that explosion happened he kind of just like dropped his hands a little bit and like turned in confusion and then that's when he sees um big boy step out 
Or that's yeah. when he sees that he has stepped out. So now he's got a new target. Um, and he's going to work his way over there. Um, okay. Can he make it to them in one turn? Or is that... Yeah, man. Let's say you make it over there. Okay. Um, I'm going to Oops. throw two punches at Mr. Big Boy. Throw them, boss. Um, Your attack rolls have advantage against the start of this guy's next turn. Okay. Also, that's uh, good information. Thank you. Add D4 to the rules, right? Okay. D4? Um, no, 25 for the first one. That will definitely hit. And uh, 22 for the second one. Both of those will hit. Awesome. <clears throat> um, 17 damage for the first one. Okay. And 22 damage for the second one. You said 17 for number one? Yes. And then 22 for the other one? Yes. All right. What are you, you're punching him, you said? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to... Because like that's that's what what where Grim's head at is this dude is big and beefy looking, but he's also got some very serious firepower. Because I imagine that as Grim was turning, that's when he saw Jack flying over the tent and just yeah. slam into the ground. So he was just kind of like, and he was like, okay. So he's, he's kind of processing all that stuff. So he's like, all right, we got to put this guy down. Um, so he's just he's running up to him and just kind of going for for the right hook to the chin and then a left like jab to the gut. Uh, real gotcha. Um, you punch him twice. Excellent. Um, and he takes those hits not so well. Like you can feel some bones crunching beneath your fists as you punch him. Like he's not a superhero by any stretch of the imagination. He's just a big boy. And you punch him twice, and he. Oh, oh, how do you get in here? Um. I'm not going to answer him. I'm just going to go for bonus action uh, punch to the face again. Okay. <laughs> because why not? Um, that is another 25. That will, of course, hit him. Oh, well, okay. That one. <laughs> I was rolling both of my dice, and one of them just fell out and hit a one. So I was like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> um, so another 17 damage to him. Another 17 damage. This boy's not looking great. Uh, he takes another. You punch him once, once in the gut, once in the face. Another time, another time across the jaw. At this point, he spits out the tooth. So, what do you want from us? Grim is not a man of one-liners. Interesting. So he just—that's um... a new development. <laughs> <laughs> that was a—that was not the right word. I was—I don't know why I said interesting. I apologize. Um. Grim is just going to uh, succinctly say your head for the trouble you have caused. Oh, it feels like you're causing us a lot of trouble. And will you do anything else with the rest of your turn? Uh, no, Grim's just going to kind of smile at him like <laughs> in a creepy, happy way. Like He's like, yeah, that's exactly what I do. Okay. Um, and then I... The salesman smile. Him. You a what, Grim? I'm just, I'm going to stay here. I have to go to the bathroom, but I imagine that when his turn comes around, I'm going to get punched. So, 
Okay. Eros, uh, you have a couple turns between you if you need to go pee or anything. I gotta do that. Alright, run quickly. Eros, it is your turn, young man. Uh, can I make a persuasion check on Big Boy? He just got punched in the face. To, so. to do what? Uh, to persuade him that we won't kill him if he gives us the TNT. You can... Uh, you can say that to him, and I'll give you a free opportunity to do that, but it's going to be... He's not even really looking at you, Arrows. He's not even noticed you. He's busy getting punched in the face by Grim. Oh, I thought that was done. Huh? It oh. is done, oh. but kind of hard to say that to somebody while they're being punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> this the... all happens at the same time. It's oh, not. Yeah. It's not like... It's not actually turn-based. This all... Everything that goes on and around, mm-hmm. it all happens in six seconds. It all happens at yeah. the same time. Uh, so right now, it would be hard for you to have that conver- have a conversation with him. Like, if Grim wanted to grab him and tell him, like, you know, put your, you know, stop fighting us and we'll leave you alone or whatever, that'd be one thing. But you're kind of like calling, a, you're calling between three dudes, they're in a skirmish, and you're calling across the courtyard to be like, hey, we're not going to kill you if you... So um, you can definitely try it. Uh, if you want, and I'll give it to you as a free opportunity, but you gonna have to. You'll have disadvantage with the roll. Okay. That roll of persuasion. Yeah, I'm gonna try to persuade. <clears throat> so with so, disadvantage, so you roll twice, take the lowest one. So, could he heal me if I do thaumaturgy? What does that do? Uh, uh, yeah, it I just can, like creates a sound. So. I can make my voice three times louder. Oh, okay. Okay, I'll take. I'll take you back to a regular, a regular role then. Regular if you're persuasion. gonna if you're gonna use a big booming voice. Now, mind you, when it comes to persuasion, the media. What's up, all gaming? Welcome to the stream, buddy. We're playing some D and D. The media portrays persuasion as like, I want to persuade this guy that I'm actually a fish that can talk and I have a million dollars. Like, you can't do that, and I'm- you won't be able to. Pr- with one roll, stop all of this combat from happening. But you can definitely at least get inside this guy's head. So go ahead and roll. Tell me what you say through your thaumaturgy, and then we'll roll a persuasion contest. Right. Oh, crap. Don't roll it yet. Okay. So we all want to... Wait, hold up. All right, big boy. Sorry. All right, big boy. We all want to get out of this alive, at least. So... If you can just give us the TNT, we won't. We will stop trying to harm you and leave. Okay. He, you hear him. You hear a muffled voice from the sound of him speaking through a fist that's in his mouth. <laughs> What's that? What's this boy talking to me about? <laughs> now roll a roll a persuasion roll. Oh, that's a four. That's not doing it. Nah. He does not believe you. It's the fist no, in the mouth, does it? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about his body language makes it seem as though he is anything more than confused at the loud voice that's booming through the courtyard at him right now. Oh, no. Okay. So, and then... Was that an action for him? Or a free action? Well, we did a whole persuasion thing. I might have to call... Any use thaumaturgy. What's thaumaturgy? Yeah. Thaumaturgy is one action. Okay, okay so that was an action. That would be an action. <clears throat> and then I shall... Get away from Hot Boy, so like a little bit closer to Arlo and Jack. All right. How about that? 
Uh, that's good. Got it. Where I mean, you can move wherever you want as long as you don't go past Jack. Is that what you want? Uh, you want to hide behind Big Bad Arlo? Yeah. <laughs> All like uh, seven inches of me. You know what, actually, I'm going to go a little bit right beside, closer to Grim. Okay, so you move up there towards Grim then, to back Grim up. You and Grim have been on team mm. so far anyway, so... I want to make sure that the big boy sees my face and knows my face. <laughs> okay. That's always a bad idea. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a bad idea. I know that. I like, I like how John being the, like, 12, the 13, you know, 13-year-old boy of the of the adventuring party is like, he will know my face. He will know, he will know fear when he's already getting punched. It's more like a small that I want to see him get beat up now. Okay. (laughs) So just like, I want to watch this. Yeah. It's kind of like that. This is a very much an, are we the baddies moment? And that will be my turn. All right. Eros. It is thug number not the number two's turn, because he died somehow. <laughs> he died in the first remember. round. Uh, Grim, like, punched him through the esophagus and out the bubble. Okay. Gotcha. This thing's All right. Happen. Jack, yeah. you're now standing. It's your turn. Oh, sweet. Um, let me see, let me see, let me see. What are these? Are these wolves even, like, looked around? Do they know we're here? Oh, they absolutely know you're here, and they're growling and trying to kill you. All right. I'm going to head towards Wolf 2, I guess. Okay. You arrive. You sprint over to a giant hyena standing in front of you. It's almost as tall as you are. Um, This Divine Smite thing doesn't seem to use a bonus action or an action. It goes with your attack. Yeah, Yeah, you just just sacrifice a spell. Right. Yep. All right. You can. So you can. So technically. Oh, never mind. So it's one times or one plus spell level times D eight radiant damage. Okay. So I guess I'll sacrifice a level one spell. So that's one plus one is two, and then I'm gonna use my bonus action to cast booming blade. On my lance. Dang. And then I'm going to smack that dude with my sword. All right. Your sword or your lance? <clears throat> uh, well, it looks like a sword, but we're, this lance we're talking about now is like a like a spear lance. Like a short Total sword on a stick. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to call the it The lance that. of Hades. How are, you, um, how are you casting Booming Blade as a bonus action? Booming Blade is a bonus action, is it not? Is it? Uh, no, it is one action. Ooh. Huh. Uh-oh. Booby. Mm. Okay. Well, I will. Zenus has switched teams. Undo He's on my that. team now. <laughs> okay. You can't side with God. I unbooming blade. <laughs> um. Okay, then just sacrifice the spell slot. And... That's a... 21 to it. That will definitely hit a hyena. Oh, I'm sorry. 23 to hit. That will still hit the hyena. Cool. Then that is 
Why do you have all of my dice and all of your dice? I don't know. They're just sitting there. That don't make no sense. Bro. I didn't do it. All right. So that's 1d12 for the lance. That's one. Hey. <laughs> plus oh. four is oh. five. Plus 2d8 is five. Plus six is 11. Plus seven is 18 damage hmm. on the first hit. Nice. Nice. And then extra attack. Okay. So your first attack, you jam your lance directly into its chest, passing between some ribs and slicing an organ or two. That's a 12, no. 12, 13 hit. That'll hit. Sweet. Um, that's just you know what I'll do? To explain who's your enemy and who's not, I'm going to give them red outlines. Oh, because we can do Because I'm a good DM. Yeah, I'm liking Albert Rodeo. This thing's oh, pretty boy, nice. Albert's crushing it. That's another what? nine damage. I <laughs> yeah. said, oh, hot boy got a red line. <laughs> Yeah. He sure did. All right, you jab him again, this time slicing on the side of his shoulder whenever you go back in. He's able to dodge away from it. This hyena is still alive, but looking a little bit worse for the wear. It snaps Um, and snarls its bloody teeth at you. I deserve it, I'm sure. One moment, please. You said these walls are... 20 feet tall or 40 feet tall? 20. 20. Still a formidable wall. Okay. So a jump is 3 plus your... Or a high jump is 3 plus your strength modifier. Correct? Yep. So I have Dang, a thing where I can... That's a lot of jump. Yeah, that's... My strength modifier is plus 4. So three. Good plus lord! Four. You got a seven foot vertical leap, <laughs> or are yeah. you going? You're... <laughs> but I can use my channel divinity as a bonus action. Uh, the peerless athlete channel divinity. Yeah. For the next ten minutes, I have uh, uh, blah blah blah. Long and high jumps increased by ten feet, so I could jump seventeen Dang. straight up. Would that be enough to grab me the top of the wall? With yeah. uh, jumping, you can lift your hands up and extend the height of the jump by half of your height. Yeah. You can get to the wall. <laughs> yes. <Wow. laughs> All right. Do I have because I get to the side, and that's awesome. NBA, here we come. Do I have A freaking halt jump. <laughs> yes, I don't care. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Then, as my bonus action, I use Peerless Athlete. And I now have unless you botch it, of course. The jump. What do you mean, botch it? Okay, okay. Actually, now that I zoom out, you are quite a you are quite a distance from the wall. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it this. If you wanna if you wanna jump and grab that wall, roll a an athletics check for me. I'll go ahead and tell you the DC. The DC is going to be a 14. I have advantage on This it. is a pretty difficult maneuver. Yeah. Let's see. 
It's a fairly difficult maneuver. I love that that was like your golf announcer voice. My first roll was a 17, so that's plus five is 22. There you go. Okay. I didn't want to make it too hard because you did use the skill that makes you able to jump. So, All right, cool. But as you leave the hyena's space, he's going to take a bite at you. The hyena rolls to bite. Will a natural one hit? <laughs> it will not. So whenever you jump, the the way that you make it so easily and make the extra distance is as you jump, the hyena lifts its head up to try to bite you. But instead of grabbing onto you with its teeth, you put your head on its snout and leap off of its rising head, giving you the extra couple of feet to jump and grab onto the, this this rudimentarily made wall you grab onto it with your hands and because it was so long of a jump until your next turn you will hang there until you can pull yourself up nice (laughs) jack always the acrobat bro (laughs) always the acrobat (laughs) love it okay like that was that was really good yes i i feel kind of odd about it I'm, I probably should have looked into it more. I don't know if does is a high jump like an action. Do I have to take an action to? No, you have to move for ten jump? feet forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It just uses your but movement. It, it uses your movement speed as well, so that's how they cover for it. So like gotcha. you can only you can only jump a distance equal to your strength score, anyway. So. So, because it was such a cool idea, instead of giving you a point of inspiration, I just made it possible That'll you work. Know, for you to do it from there. Um, I just think it's super cool that you can jump like that. Very, <laughs> very cool. All right, so hyena number two, it is going to do its best to jump its way up that wall and try to claw at you. I'm going to give it a chance to claw into the wall and kind of do a, one of those like have you ever seen those thing, those videos on facebook or instagram where they, they train this pit bull to like run vertically up a wall for 15 feet yes yeah okay well th- <clears throat> luckily we've all seen it so you guys see where i'm going with this he's got disadvantage on this he's gonna have to do a strength check and then an attack to try to bite you so you have two chances to escape this he's gonna have disadvantage on the uh, athletics roll and then he'll be able to try to bite you if he gets up there He is not going to be able to jump up there. He tries his best to claw into the wall and get up to you, and he snaps, but you're able to pull your foot out of the way just in time, and the hyena comes sliding back down the wall, landing on his feet, more blood shooting out of the wound that you left in its chest. Nice. And I'm sure you all wish that I could have stayed on that hyena for as long as possible, but... I do have to take control of my new fire elemental now. <laughs> no, go back to the hyena. We really like the hyena. Right? Arlo, Arlo almost affronted by the fact that you were controlling him. Right. The fire elemental is coming for you, buddy. Oh, boy. I really only get channel divinity once a day. 
leaving fire in his wake. Mm. And he's going to run over there, try to step on you first. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so moving through space as narrow as one inch. Right. Um, a creature that touches the elemental or hits it with a melee attack within five feet of it. In addition, the elemental can enter a hostile creature's space and stop there. That's what it has done. Mm. The first time it enters a creature's space on a turn, that creature takes five or, no, excuse me, takes 1d10 fire damage and yeah. catches fire. Arlo, bad news, you're on fire, buddy. I don't want to be on fire. That is bad. I'm very sorry that that's the case. Mm. But um, sometimes that's the way the DM cookie crumbles. Gotcha. Okay. You will take five Bernie damage. Um, all in, and, in all things considered, that's not bad. No, it's not. You're just on fire. Right. But it's about to do something else. Oh, cool. It's going to try to smack you, Arlo. It okay. raises a hand and brings it down on you. <laughs> um, I'm going to roll a hit. Will a 23 hit? Barely, yes. Okay. You're going to take three, four. You're going to take seven fire damage. Mm. Okay, no, I can use it twice. But it's going to attack you again mm. because it has multi-attack. Right. Yep. Mm. Give me some more. Give me some more. This time it rolls a natural 20, which I have rolled three of. Give it to me. Game. I am so sorry. <sighs> so that's two, seven, that's ten damage. I can almost imagine Arlo is just so disappointed just like i brought you into this world yep. now i'm gonna have to take you back out of this world just <laughs> yep. that just yeah that grieving thing you know the the whole obi-wan kenobi like when when anakin goes over to the dark side like you know you were the chosen one yeah very upset yes exactly that everyone who's watching at home the dun the dungeon boys on the right side have frozen I am now going to a static image of the dungeon bo- of the dungeon boys on the right. I do apologize, but we just can't keep already their a camera static running. image. Well, yeah, right? a, be- a better looking static image. How about that? What are you trying to say, Keith? I just feel bad that you guys are frozen. Is it hand drawn? I want a doggone oil painting. I would Me love too. to have it. If you're watching and you're very art, you're you're very artistic. Now's the time. Right. Okay, so you take all that damage. <laughs> Fire Elemental has done all that, and it is now Kate's turn. Kate calls to you, Arlo, are you all right? Yeah, a little crispy, but I can handle it. I'll be all right. I'll come help as soon as I kill this cretin. Sounds fair. (laughs) As she says that, as she says that, the guy in front of her who's trying to kill her goes, What? Arlo's like engulfed in flame having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, she whips out her short sword and goes to town hacking and slacking. Mm. Except she's going to miss the... Oh, wait. Actually, that's not true. Ooh. She is not going to miss because she got them skills. Um, so she's going to roll 1d6 plus 3. She's going to roll six damage on this young man. 
And then she's going to try to stab at him again. This time she will also hit, rolling another six damage. That thug is not yet dead, but he does get slashed once in the arm and once across the chest. Blood leaks out of his body. And... Ooh. I should have... I should. She has a feature that I didn't use last time. Anyway, the thug says, Oh, you'll have to do better than that to kill me. I intend to. Um... And now it is Gronk's turn. <clears throat> Gronk is going to turn to Grim. And um, I think he's going to attack recklessly again. There's not a whole lot he can do. There's a fire elemental in here. Uh, I think he may be taking into account that this might be his Custer's last stand. He's going to attack recklessly, giving him advantage on both of his attacks here. Attacks here. Bring it on. Um, and disadvantage on what he takes back so a god another natural 20 zenus that'll hit um he's got a great axe on his back that he pulls off and swings at you by the way okay he after he tosses that dynamite he pulls his great axe off and swipes down at you one time colliding with your body you're going to take 12 damage. Oh, nope, that's not true. You're going to take 24 damage from that hit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's Grim's attitude. Like, he's he's a barbarian, so he's got a massive pool of health, and that attack, uh, that damage was halved, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. Nice. <clears throat> Did you, you raged? Yeah, I've, I've raged at the beginning. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just, Last, I, like a week ago. Right, yeah, exactly. Number two. Yeah, I, could, I couldn't remember the uh, all of our status effects. All right, so he's going to try to swing again. It's like, you're a big boy, aren't you? Yeah. Um, will a... Mia, you've got to calm down. What's your problem breathing so heavy? Will a 14 hit? No. I didn't think so. So the second one, he tries to bring down his great axe, but you put both of your arms up in an X form formation and grab the the uh, the handle as it comes down, stopping the blade before it collides with your forehead. Excellent. Very cinematic. Me, why are you breathing so heavy? Goodness, stop. <laughs> cool it. Cool She's yourself. Getting into this game. Yeah, she's like, what's going on? I can't wait to see what happens with that fire boy. Um, all right, it is now thug number four's turn. Mm. Thug number four is going to try to chop at Kate again. He is going to roll that time, and he is going to hit with his mace. He will deal to her a d6 of damage. Luckily, it was only three damage. She tries to deflect the mace, but is partially able to and partially unable to. He brings the mace up to swing again. This time, he will collide again with his mace. But will she deflect some of the damage? This time, no damage is reflected. She takes the full force of the of the of the mace she takes a piece uh, she takes a smack from the mace directly in her belly 
she bends down. Ow! Uh, but she is still bleeding and battered, yet standing firm. Um, and the guy says, what I tell you. Then it is time for thug number one's turn. Thug number one is going to turn to Grim and try to harm him. He rolls a 10 to hit, which is going to be a miss, and then a unnatural 20 to hit. That will hit. He will roll an unnatural 20 for 7 damage. I assume you take that like a beast. Mm-hmm. So you... I'm just thinking that I'm like right beside Krim, Grim, and there's like 14 of me, or not 14, uh, 4 of me, just like watching him get Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like, forgot. Wow. Yeah, mirror copies. <laughs> yeah, Eros copied himself into four different mirror selves. So there's four Eros standing there yeah. right beside Grim. I'm just That's like, wow. Very funny. Very <laughs> funny. Um, okay. Uh, it was like, it was very funny that this combat happened and everybody was like, hit the red button that does all of our powers. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, it is. Uh, hyena number one's turn. It also is going to sprint in here and try to get a piece of that juicy grim booty. <laughs> that juicy booty. Remember, it's just a preview. It's just a preview <laughs> of that booty. Um, a giant hyena will try to bite you. It rolls a 17. No, no, no. That will not hit. So the hyena comes in with its mouth agape, ready to bite you, and you open handed slap it right in the face and push its teeth off course this is what a barbarian was made for mm-hmm. open um, hand slapping <laughs> uh it's arlo's turn now all right um for the first like five seconds of my turn i just want to be screaming in agony so oh you actually sorry um you're gonna have to take some fire damage anyway so that's a good good thing you're screaming in agony <laughs> Um, it's, another, it's a d10, isn't it? Yeah, 1d10 at the start of each of your turns. You're going to take three more damage at the start of your turn, young man. Oof, okay. Alright, so screaming in agony, I, I want to take just a brief moment to cast Watery Sphere oh, on top of my head. Nice. So Watery Sphere. Well, it's an action. I can also take an action to try to, like, you know, stop, drop, and roll, but I got a feeling this guy's going to be camped out on top of my self. Yeah. Does he have to roll for it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's a long description, but essentially it's a watery sphere with a 10-foot radius, so that is a 20-foot diameter. And uh, I can cast that within 90 feet of myself. I'm casting it on myself, and it lasts for one minute. And okay. um, it is a concentration-based spell, so uh, Jack loses that resistance that I cast earlier. So no, all right, that'll be all right. I'm on fire. You can deal with it for a second. So no, okay. So you cast watery sphere on your head. You say I do because I mean this this fella is like right on top of my person. So gotcha. How big or how big is the sphere? You said it is twenty feet in diameter, twelve foot radius. Um, okay. A calculation would say that's about 31,000 gallons of water. Okay, gotcha. And uh, he takes one cold damage for every one gallon of water that is it splashed on him. 
All right, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of water damage. That's magical damn. water. He is like, standing now inside the water. But one thing about this is that I don't know what the math is. How much heat? That was the math. That was much, the math. He takes one damage for every gallon of water, so thirty-one thousand damage. No, yeah, I was just more about to make a joke about how hot would that water get if you put magical fire inside of it it'll get warm i'd imagine but at the same time i am on fire <laughs> i can deal with the warm water i'll be okay <laughs> exactly so uh, a magical sphere of water appears around arlo's head as the fire elemental is Trapped inside the water bubble. Um, and yeah, or excuse me, for every five feet elemental moves in water, or for every gallon of water splashed on it, it takes one cold damage. Uh, that's plenty of gallons of water volume wise. And so while the fire elemental is large, he is not 22 feet in diameter large, and he is unable to survive the water sphere and he steams up as now an almost boiling sphere of water stands on Arlo's head. He is not on fire any longer and the fire elemental has been consumed. Awesome. So Arlo is like one fell swoop. Three feet tall and he has a 20 foot sphere of water replacing his head right now. <laughs> no, like yeah. it's just like right on top of my of, of me so okay. that would be like a 10 foot radius from me gotcha so essentially i guess it looks like a giant dew drop right now so yeah a big dome big dome of water and i'd imagine the water is pretty hot but still i mean um and you, you can't really see it because i am submerged inside this this uh giant bubble of water but there's a there's a little tear that comes to arlo's eye like <laughs> i've killed my boy brought, brought you into this world and you were gone so soon. Yep. And um, um, let's see. Um, ba -bum -ba -bum -ba -bum. I'm going to take my movement speed to... I'm going to head in the in the general direction of where Kate is at. So I'm going to exit the side of the bubble. All right. You exit the bubble. Um, we're going to call that pretty difficult terrain. You're not yeah. going to run through that as fast as anything else. So you're, you get around here. Yeah, I, I figured like that was enough to get me outside, maybe a couple steps, but yeah, okay. Um, and very impressive, great way to uh, dispatch that fire elemental that got there, out of control. There were other methods, but I didn't want to let it burn down to nothing. So <laughs> Keith, me being yeah. on underneath a it. question about an item from the shopping excursion, please. The magical journal of journaling. Uh huh. Does it only count for creatures that I kill or the party kills that are added to the journal? For the sake of making it more video gamey, we'll call it the party kills. Okay. And you know what? We're going to call or, it... We can call it the party kills I'm present for, because at least then I'm like experiencing it. Yeah, excuse me. What I was just about to say was we'll call it anything that you were involved in taking out. That'll work. You know, it occurs to me now, after it's already occurred several six-second turns ago, but I had a six-second redo on those redo boots that I got. Oh, yeah. You did. Man. You certainly did. Look, 
he's a known he's not always thinking about his footwear. Who is really? Right. So right. anyway, yeah, that's my move. So um that's me. That's you. Now it's Grim's turn. Hey, look at that. I say <clears throat> I say to this I say Grim to this, don't kill him yet. I still want to talk to this big boy. Grim is raging. The time for talking uh, is past, sadly. Oh, well, and I'm just going to hope that doesn't kill him. All right. Gotcha. You want to punch arrows? <laughs> well, no, I'm going to punch the big boy. <laughs> uh, so still he attacked it. recklessly, right? Yeah, he did. You got advantage on this attack. Uh, 21. A 21 will hit. I have a feeling this may be his last few moments of life. Um, 19 damage. Yep, that'll do it. Thank <laughs> you. You, <laughs> you, you punt, you, so the, I've pictured the way this is, like, as you lock, you know, you cock your fist back to punch him one last time, Eros, like, tugs on your, on your, your shirt real quick, and he's like, Grim. I really like to talk to this guy, and Grim's like, "I think the time for talking is fast." <laughs> and then he pulls the rubber band off of that elbow, and the fist comes flying, flying into the face of the big of the big boy Grunk. You punch him directly in his face. You feel his nose cave in and turn inside out so much he's probably smelling his memories, uh, and you just punch him so hard he falls off his feet and slides backwards into the wall behind you inside this garage. And Grunk, the leader of these thugs, is dead, bloodied on the floor. Yay. Mm. I sigh, and I say, whatever. All four of you. Huh? Oh, yeah, all <laughs> four of us. I love that. Difficult decision in the moment, Eros. I let the last one go, and I suspect we might have to kill him again sometime in the future. And then I throw a punch at number one. Thugs. <laughs> You caught that same fist back and bring it around. Conversational combat. I love it. Yeah. At that point, it's just like a gun with a crosshair. It's just like... <laughs> it just slowly winds back like a crossbow. Um, yeah. That is a 23 to hit. A 23 will definitely hit this young man. Uh, 20 damage. 20 damage on that young fellow. You punch him really hard. Um, right in the chest, and you can feel the breath leave him. But he is not dead yet. I'm gonna give him the big boot to the chest then with my bonus action punch. Alright. Or something, I don't know. Sure. Um, a 27. A 27 will hit. Um, that is 23 damage. I know you said a punch... Uh, but I picture this time you punch him in this chest, he bends over, breathing outwardly, and then you just pick up your right leg and kick him in his knee, folding his knee backwards, and he falls face first into the ground, slamming his head, his knee shattered and folding the wrong way, and he's no longer moving. Yay! Um, and then Grim's just gonna like, so I imagine the hyena came in between the big boy and number one, so Grim's like, he turns to the, or he's already facing the big boy, and then he punches him, and then he turns to the other guy, and then punches him twice, and then now he's turned to the hyena, and he's just kind of like looking at him. <laughs> Luckily, hyenas are dumb, so I don't have to decide on what he wants to do. 
Case so, could then be made for Grimm because we don't often have to decide what he wants to do either. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he um, just that's all I'm going to do for that turn. All right, it is now Eros. What's your? What are you going to do with your turn, four man Eros? Hmm. I think I'm just going to walk past Graham saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, while all four of us <laughs> pass Graham. <laughs> I love that there's four of you so much. <laughs> He's just very calmly walking around a battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you headed, Eros? I moved you prematurely. Uh, so, doesn't the wolf get a chance to attack me, correct? You don't have to go within five feet of him. Well, I was planning on to check out the room, see how much more TNT was left. Uh, yeah, so he will get an opportunity attack on you if you walk in there, but... And then... I bet you could take it. Yeah, I'm gonna go past, past through him and just... Yeah, I get a... A per- not per- yeah, perception check to see what's around, correct? Sure, I will. Real quick, tell me about your spell that causes four people to be there so I know what to do with this opportunity attack. Mirror Mage. Uh, when you're attacking me, I roll a, a d20, and if it's... If I roll... Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, if I roll a six or higher, I can change the target when he attacks me. To one okay. of your mirrors? Yeah, to one of my mirrors. Gotcha. All right, so roll that real quick. That's a nine. Hey. All right. So do you want to change it over to one of your mirrors? Oh, what did he roll? Um, He's going to, sorry, yeah, he's going to roll to attack you. He rolls a 13 to attack. Then I target myself because that's not going to hit, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to hit. Yeah, that misses his AC, so yeah. All right, so you you slip into the garage, and the hyena tries to bite at you, but you're able to escape his bite, and you walk in there and roll a perception check for me, young man. I shall. That is 11. 11. Yes. 11, 11, 11. So when you look around, you can see there are three wagons sitting in front of you. Um, one of them... Uh, is empty. The second one in the middle is empty, but the one to the right looks as though it has several more of those big sticks of dynamite that the big guy was carrying. Um, you can see that they're inside the wagon. They're wrapped in red. They say TNT on the side. <laughs> uh, and they're big sticks of dynamite. And then you can see in the top right corner of the room, uh, you know, in the back right, you can see a big silver-looking iron-colored safe with a with a uh, combination lock on the front. Uh, I use thaumaturgy again to make my voice a little bit louder again. Okay. And I scream out, "Hey, yo, guys! There's a big, huge safe in here." I okay. think it was a big, huge. Was it big? Not big, huge, but like big. At least Everybody big, my big here. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know what? Yeah. Mm, actually, yeah, I pass. 
I mean, not pass. Uh, and yeah, I'm done with my turn. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's All it. right. Good move. Okay, Jack, it's your turn. You are hanging off the edge of the thing. I assume you'd like to use half your movement to get yourself up on the ledge. I would like to do that. All right, you find yourself up on the ledge. Cool. Um, I did look at Booming Blade again. Uh, it was not a bonus action, as Zena stated. I just thought it was a bonus action because I always did it with an attack. But you cast it, and you attack as part of the cast. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. That's how that works. Um, I'm going to use my Lance of Hades in its Hadenistic form. Hmm. I'm a Perfect. Chuck it at that uh, hyena fella down there. Chuck it. Chuck it at that fella. I chuck it. Um, you said I could use my strength for this, right? Yeah. Ooh. Because I'm the world's most lenient DM. Not according to TikTok. They think that I'm a gatekeeper. I don't really know <laughs> what that term means. A gatekeeper? Like... You block people from doing the things they want? Yeah, a gatekeeper is someone who says, like, you know, if you're, oh, you're not doing this thing the way I think it should be done, well, you're not doing it right. Someone essentially who stands at the gate not letting you through. That doesn't make any sense at all for you to be, for that to be ascribed to you. Well, it's because of the one TikTok that I said that nobody really understood. It's it's just a joke. Anybody who's following this stream and also follows me on TikTok, maybe you you will see my most popular TikTok, which made people mad. Have you managed to fish anybody with it by, like, saying, hey, that's not how I really am. Check out my channel to see what we're really like. Good move. No, I haven't done that. I didn't want to be too cringe about it. My favorite comment so far is, it's always the white dudes who make the game seem less (laughs) fun to play. Get out of here with your gatekeeping. I was like, ah, my skin pigmentation gets me again. (laughs) Got me. <laughs> Foiled again. Sydney. Shadow, I am not a gatekeeper when I play God of War. Get out of here with your gatekeeping, gatekeeper of war, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We all have fun here. Um Gatekeeper of War. Like I could just see that little key ring jangling. I got the keys right here. Unleash some war. Yeah. Zenus was gonna uh, say something. Yeah, Zenus. Yeah, I was just gonna ask for you to send me that uh TikTok in question. I'll send it to you. Excellent. I rolled a 19 plus 5 to hit this boy. You will collide with you will collide with it. All right. And I, I just do full lance damage, correct? Yes, sir. Sweet. That be 9 damage. You do 9 damage to this hyena. The the lance stabs into the back of the hyena and stays lodged there. Um and it is uh it's stuck in his back, but the hyena remains alive. It shrieks in pain. I recall it. <laughs> Alright, you recall the lance. You reach out your hand, and the first this is the first time you've recalled it, so you reach out your hand trusting that Krong would not sell you anything that is weak. But everything he sells is Krong strong. So you reach out your hand, trusting that the lance will return. And the lance begins to shake. And then it shoots out of the wound backwards towards your hand. Roll a dexterity saving throw. 16. 
you successfully catch the lance as it comes back into your hand. Ooh, that's so cool. Nice. Did I call that a bonus action? You told me it could be a free action, but I got to make the check to catch it. Okay, got it. Right. That makes sure. Okay, perfect. Yes. Um, The same as just like picking it up or whatever. Right. Uh, How does extra attack work? Is extra attack only for melee attacks or does it work for thrown and... No, it, like it works for anything. When you when you take the attack action, you can attack multiple times. I see. So I like, throw it again. Yeah, there you go. Huzzah. Perfect. You sling it one more time. Oh, my bad, Keith. That wasn't a 16 to catch it. That was an 18 to catch it. You catch it with even more gusto. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Shadow's here for this because he loves God of War, and this is a very God of War moment. That's a 14 to get him. You sling that you sling that lance down into that hyena's back one more time. One more time. Eh. Oh, two plus five. Two damage. Seven. Okay, so you actually don't sling it into his back one more time. It slices down his side, barely opening up his skin. It jams into the ground and then falls over it, it was, onto the ground. It was seven, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, it was seven damage. Yeah, two plus five. Uh, oh, my bad. Strength. Okay. The same thing applies. Okay. But the hyena is now bleed. The, the slice on its side is deeper than I just said. A gash opens on its side and blood continues to leak out. This thing is standing in a pool of its own blood and it is very wearily standing there. It it's, does not look like it has much left in it. Poor guy. Um, let's see. What can I do with a bonus action? Do I have any bonus action spiels? Like, if you spit at it real hard, it might die. <laughs> well, there's not a... um, What's it called? A fire elemental down there anymore, which is why I climbed the wall in the first place. <laughs> could always just jump on him. <laughs> you could. It's more God of War action. Um, yeah, I don't have... I don't think I have anything I can do as a bonus action. So instead of climbing, instead of climbing to escape, you climb this wall as if climbing the top rope. Top <laughs> Shadow says, "Click R three to do the finishing move." <laughs> More God of War, I assume. Yep, God of War reference. Still very funny to me. Gotcha. <laughs> yep, that's all I got. I mean, I got no bonus action anything's. Okay. And we've already done the jumping off of something to kill some, something else. Yeah. This thing is barely standing. Um, but it is Hyena two's, number two's turn. It is going to turn around and try to walk away. This thing's finished. It's giving up on you. It's barely limping away. Leaving a trail of blood behind. I guess it'll be an opportunity attack to fly off the wall with the <laughs> He's moving away. Get him. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, and now it's Kate's turn. Kate is going to try her best to try to take out that person standing right there in front of her. Number two. She's going to roll for her short sword. She's going to roll a 12, which is, dang, still going to be enough to take out this guy. Mm. 
that's gonna be a nine damage she slices him one time in the leg and he drops to a knee And then she brings her sword down. She tosses her sword in the air, actually, grabbing it the backwards way, and then jams her sword down into his between his neck or his head and his shoulder. Life leaves his body. She pulls the sword out, covered in blood. She swings her sword down, and much of the blood falls off in a pitter patter on the ground. And she says. I told you I'd get. Excuse me. I told you I'd get you. <laughs> uh, do I see this? Uh, yes, you do. No, he's inside, ain't he? No, you don't see that. You crazy? Of course not. Okay, then. Never That's mind. Arlo over there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Zenas, when you leaned over just now, very. So I have a word document with a lot of my information on it, and it's covering up half of your screen, so I don't see your head. Mm-hmm. But when you just leaned over, it was as if you were peeking out from behind my word document. <laughs> it was very, <laughs> very funny to me. Hello, mm-hmm. Esteban. Hola. Muy buenas. We do prefer English in the chat, if you don't mind, but I do hope you're having a good time listening to us play D&D. Um. So, Kate is going to murder that guy. He falls dead on the ground. And she's going to move to Arlo. She comes to Arlo and she says, Arlo, Arlo! She starts patting him down, you know, feeling all your wet, burned clothing. And she says, are, are you alright? Are you burned? Yeah, little, little scorched. But I think, I think I'm going to make it. Did you, you... You got him. You got him. Yes, he's not the worst thing I've defeated. I'm a little... I'm a little banged up, but I'll be okay. Right. Well, you you lock the gate. What's what? What else we got? Yes, the gate's locked. Um, no one should be coming in. The 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 dynamite explosion likely would bring back people back this way. We should probably finish this up quickly and get moving. Right. Right. And Arlo's kind of shaken up. He just was attacked by an elemental and then had a water sphere on top of him. So yeah. Right. Let's uh. Let's do that then. <laughs> I'm just kind of shaking my head. Perfect. All right. Um, so y'all are standing there. Uh, hyena number one's turn is very upset with Grim. It's going to try to bite Grim. It rolls a. What's up, random furniture? Welcome to the stream, buddy. It rolls a. And that's a 15 to hit. It's not going to do it. The 15 is unable to hit Grim with the bite. That hyena really should do a better job of living and stuff. Um, but it sees that its buddy has been injured, so it's going to run past you, Grim, and try to help its buddy out. Um, well, I'm going to punch him. I figured you might. As one typically do. <laughs> Honestly, never thought the hyenas would be the last enemies in this in this complex. Um, really? Yeah, I was uh, imagining taking those out kind of first. That was going to be Grim's goal, but yeah. I was kind of picturing Arlo, I don't know, converting them or something. <laughs> They're friends that. now. Uh, that's a 22 We go way hit. back now. <laughs> All right, a 22 will definitely hit. Um, uh, 22 damage. I, feel like I don't remember the, the last time any of you guys missed an attack. <laughs> 23. It's been a little while. Or, sorry, 
That's not what I should say. He takes a big old punch of damage in his ribs, necrotic energy eating away at his flesh as he moves towards his dying friend. Oh, um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Arlo, it's your turn, young man. Whoop, okay. Um, standing around and looking at all the carnage, what has befallen this whole situation, um, it looks as though... From what I can see, it looks as though that building is secure now. Like, yeah, we're grim out nothing. front, and I saw arrows yep. from inside. Absolutely. I am going to take my watery sphere, and it has 30 feet of movement. Um, I can use my action to move it 30 feet. So I'm going to just roll it over the nearest area of fire, and I'm just going to go ahead and start putting out some of these big fires that are, are going. Perfect. What a so, young, what a nice young man! Uh, I'll do that because it's definitely not his fault, right? Definitely <laughs> not. No. Well, I mean, my thought is okay. There's some big boom stuff here, and uh, without all the technical knowledge to go behind that, we want less boom. So, so how many, uh, how many feet can it move? Uh, thirty. So, and I've got another nine. After this, I've got eight more times I can move it around. So I'm just gonna keep kind of like wallowing this thing around all over all the fires so. okay so you roll it past yourself and then it starts it begins to put out the fires over here in the bottom left those other red spots of fire are campfires that were already burning so everything's good there cool 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 um i'm gonna take a quick conversation to tell kate kate i think we ought to get get back toward that building over there it's just that's where that's where all the dynamite. That's where the exploding stuff. That's where it's at, right? Yes, you go help Eros in the in the garage over there. I'll I'll try to run down this hyena and make sure it doesn't harm Jack or Grim too badly. Right. All right. Let's do that. And I want to beeline it towards where Grim and Eros are. All righty. Sounds good. You head that way. I guess, do I need to use my, my dash to get there? No, I can't use the dash. So. Um, anyway, yeah, you, I'm going to just try to get as much as I can. <sighs> All right, after that, it's going to be Eros's turn. Nope, Grim's turn. Yes. Ooh, good day. Um, how far away is hyena number one from me? We'll call him 30 feet. I'm going to move to hyena number one. All right. <laughs> you run him down, backward style. <laughs> I'm going to punch him. Uh, the mighty 18 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, 24 damage. You run this hyena down. You leap on its back in your rage-induced state. And with a hammer fist, your two hands together, coming down on the back of its skull at the base, slam through its skull, snapping its spinal column, and you ride the dead hyena to the ground, sliding towards the final living hyena, which is barely living. Cool. Ow, that was an awesome takedown. <laughs> um, well, I've got extra attack, so I'm going to throw Poxy at hyena number two. <laughs> okay. He's getting so much it. stuff thrown at him. Yeah. <laughs> um, will a 16 hit? A 16 will hit that hyena. Oh, I gotta do math. 
17 damage. As the other hyena was turning around to try to meet with its fellow friend, it watched you murder it in cold blood, and then you sling Poxy directly at the new, the hyena number two, and Poxy, its three barbs, pass directly into the neck of that second hyena. <laughs> it slams to the ground, dead. <clears throat> blood leaks all over the ground. And we are now out of combat. Woo! For now. <laughs> For now. So, being that we're out of combat, I just... Same thing. I just continue to just roll that big old watery sphere around for the next uh, 40 seconds to put out stuff. All I'd right. like to run as quick, fastly as I can to the area of wall above the gate. Okay. And yeah. be prepared to look out for incoming foes. All right, like- you run over there. I would like to open the safe if I can. All right. You go over to the safe. And you look upon it. And you see that there is a combination. Do you want to see if you randomly successfully get the combination? Or do you have a way to pick a lock? Uh, I think I can pick a lock, but... You'd have to have thieves' tools for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a spy. I'm a spy. Uh, can I see if the leader has anything that could help me? Or if there's something? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You go over to the leader's body, Grunk. His face turned inside out by the fist of Grim. He lays slumped over backwards on the far wall. You have to step into a pool of his blood to get to his dead, lifeless body. But you pat him down um, and roll uh, roll an investigation check for me. Investigation check. That kind of sounds like... I don't that know, is like a 12. Scripture in the Church of Satan. The Fist of Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole section of hill. You were grimmed, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> Over here, please. We've got a raid, another raid coming in. Thank you, Shallow, for raiding the channel with a party of one, my friend. I appreciate you bringing your friend into the channel. We play in some D&D tonight, and battle has just ceased. Eros, what was your investigation role, sir? Twelve. Twelve? Oh, twelve. Uh, so, you search over this guy, and you can't find anything on his person until you check his ankle, and inside his boot, you pull out a photograph or at least a sketch a drawing maybe uh it looks as though there are there's two people in this drawing in this drawing is the picture of the guy that you just are you know the the man whose socks you are rifling through uh it looks like a drawing of this guy but he looks a lot kinder a lot more gentle um, he looks a lot happier in this little photograph you see. And the other person in this photograph looks very much like him, but is about one-third his height, and is obviously his son in this photo. And on the back of this photograph, um, the son also looks quite happy in this photo. Again, I'm calling it a photo, but you know, you know, in ancient, whatever the photo equivalent would be in a fantasy medieval setting. Um, a charcoal charcoal drawing. Yeah, injury, yeah. Perhaps? But you flip it over, and on the back, 
you read a couple of numbers um zero four one five nine two. 1992 so, confirmed. <laughs> I will. <clears throat> I will try to use those numbers on the safe. All right. You use those numbers on the safe and you effectively open the safe, Woo! revealing an iron box that is taller than you, full of gold and trinkets and valuables. I try to get a handful, but making sure that I have making sure that there's leftovers for the whole party. Like it's kind of than you, a handful. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, I said I want to get a handful, but not try to get all of it. Trying to like get an equal amount as everyone else would. Gotcha. Okay. So, gotcha. and then I look at the TNT. So I'm closest one there. I I would say Arlo is like belining it for the uh, the entrance. Uh, I guess yeah, it's like Ar- a flat back kind of doors. So Arlo, know. you roll into that garage just as Eros is popping over the popping open the safe. Well, uh, just as he's opening it. Okay? Yeah. Thaumaturgy still with me? I don't think so. I think that's a one instance kind of thing. It's a it, one minute. It's a cancer. Oh, never mind. Do it whenever. Yeah. Then I'd like, naturally, I'm just going to tell Arlo that there's a lot of gold in this box. He just said Arlo got there just as you opened it. Oh. Well, we well, no, just opened yeah. it. Yeah. Well, how much are we talking about? A lot of, like a lot. I don't know. Just a <laughs> lot. <laughs> well, we might see if we can back that up. I mean, that we need to see if we can get back to these uh these people would have took from. True. Yeah, but they, 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 they took all that from all these uh, people, all these merchants in this town. I think we ought to get it back to them. That right, is don't true. look like they're going to use it that much more. Then I immediately dropped the gold I was trying to get. Oh. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to check out the wagons. I have no idea what's in these wagons, but I'm checking them out. I was all checking right. out the TNT. Whenever you check out those wagons, the two wagons on the left have nothing in them. But there is one wagon on the right that has, as you count them, nine of those large dynamite sticks. Nice. Sorry, Shadow. Let me hit you with the shout out after that uh, raid, by the way. Whoop. If I can spell your name right. There you go. So, uh, Arrows, is this is this that stuff what we're looking for? Uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Oh. It's TNT and stolen gold. Well, well, that's what I, I guess. Assume, I guess job well done. I guess we did it. And then there's kind of like a frown on my face since I saw the picture. I'm like, dang, that was a real painful death. Wow, what you got there? Uh, it's a, it's a picture of him and kind of looks like his son. They look really happy. Huh. This uh, this fellow what tried to blow up our face? Uh, pretty much. Kind of wish I'm. Kind of wish I killed him faster. Oh. Um. Yeah. I guess uh, I guess everybody can't be all bad all the time, you know. 
Um, might have made some bad choices. Yeah, you, know, you never know what happened to this fella. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tell you what, I think I'm gonna step out. Um, we got a we got a lot of people laying around that uh, we kind of destroyed. Um, I think I might go dig a couple holes. Who are we talking? We? I did absolutely nothing. You did something. True. True. You made a trail of fire. Like that's doing something, Arlo. That's so doing as, something. As, as he's explaining all of the the destruction that Arlo has done earlier, and then no, noting that you know the the picture with like the the um, the the guy with his son and things like that, Arlo's kind of little shook up by that. So um, I would like to go back behind the little structure building, whatever, and mold earth, dig some some graves for a couple of these people. All right. You successfully dig a few graves back there. While you're doing that, um, let's go visit with Jack briefly. Also, good night, all gaming. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Um, so, Jack, what are you doing over there? Um, this is the first time Jack has used his new uh, Lance of Hades. Mm-hmm. So I, I picture he's just kind of tossing it up in the air and practicing catching it whenever it shoots back towards him. Okay. <laughs> but he's standing up on top of the gate area. I Maybe I'm picturing this wrong. Does Is it like a regular castle gate where it's a gate built into like a stone arch or does it go all the way to the top? Um, it's probably built more into an arch. It's not, it's like kind of like sandstone of any kind of stone, kind of clay sandstone-y kind of deal. But yeah, okay. it doesn't, the door, you're, you're not standing on top of a door frame that you can, st- the wall goes all the way around. Okay. Then I'm standing on that arch over the door. Okay. And I'm just watching for the, uh, returning thugs. Okay. So the battle, the D, the TNT went off about 12 seconds into your battle, and we had several turns after that. So it's probably been about a minute or so since that bomb has gone off in the sky. The smoke to this point has not yet stopped from the market stall, and it doesn't look like anybody's heading that way, but you can hear all of the action and tumultuousness going on uh, in that direction. So you're listening out and... I guess waiting until you hear that commotion die down and people start heading back this way. Uh, Keith. Yep. Do I ha- do I see a bag or anything to grab the whole t- coins and trinkets? Uh, no, there doesn't seem to be any sort of bag or receptacle around. There's mm. a wagon. There's a wagon. I don't think I'm strong enough to lift that thing and put it on the wagon. So I just go outside, see if I can find a bag to put the trinkets and coins in. Okay. Goes back to that guy's socks again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grim, what are you doing? Um, after grabbing Poxy, Grim is going to walk around and grab the armor and weapons from all the people that are still in one piece. All the okay. armor and weapons that are in one piece. Um, gotcha. And he's going to shove those into his a bag of holding before making his way to the main house. All right. So let's say that you pick up two maces that weren't fully destroyed. Um, and the great axe that was on the, uh, the guy's back that tried to kill you um, in the garage. That's the last place you show up. And let's say you also get two batches of leather armor that you pull off of people that wasn't burned or otherwise mangled. Huzzah. 
All right. Um, and then, yeah, like he's just going to go into the, uh, the house. Uh, at what point does he arrive there? Has Arlo already gone? At this point, I would say Arlo is great. So it took you a little while to gather those things. Arlo is now digging graves behind the building, and Eros is looking around for a bag at this point when you, whenever you walk in. Okay. Um, so I, I imagine I, I just pick up the... Um, as I'm going to pick up the great axe, I, I kind of say to Eros... Um, so what did you find? Anything interesting? I found nine TNT sticks. Correct. Correct. They are in the they're in the um the wagon over there. And a lot of stolen coins and trinkets. So we need to bring those back to the owners, owners of those trinkets and coins. So if you see a bag, please let me know. Well, I'm sure that TNT will come in quite handy, but. As for bags, I do happen to have a bag of holding. I'm sure it could hold most of it, if not all. Alright, then. We can use that to grab all the coins, then. Kind of forgot you had that. My bad. Uh, it's fine. It, it is a new thing. Sometimes I forget, too. Um, and I, I head over that way to grab it that trinkets and gold. Alright, to make life easier... These trinkets in gold are worth the equivalent of around 500 gold pieces worth of value uh, that has been stolen or earned, who knows, some of it from the people of the town. Um, and you are able to fit all of that inside your bag of holding, sir. Well, there it be. Um, Luis, welcome to the stream, buddy. D&D seems to be going well. The party survived another combat encounter, and we are dealing with some aftermath. Uh, Kate walks over to Jack and she calls up and she says, Jack, what do you see? What do you have um, Jack, <laughs> he is an elf. And also, is. I forgot, uh, elves' eyes glow in your campaign for some unknown reason. Do oh, yeah, they? They have, like a, they have like a weird color or something. They have a glow to them. Yeah. You asked me, uh, what color I wanted Jack's eyes to be. I said amber. You said, okay, elf eyes glow, so yours are glowing amber. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. My bad. Um, Jack is also looking see. over his Jornil while he's up on the wall just to uh -huh. see what got added to it. Um, does, did the fire elemental get added, and did the people get added? Hmm. Let's say the fire elemental did get added, the people did not. Okay. Um, whenever Kate calls up to Jack, he's going to look up from his book and kind of look around the town. Um, perception roll? Uh, yeah. That is a nat one. Mm, nice. You don't see or hear anything. Okay. You're looking back into the court. You're very fo you're very focused on the journal. So instead, of, you would you would respond to like with like a uh, what like a like you've been pulled out of your book and you've been paying more attention to that than anything else. Uh oh, the, I I don't see I don't see anything up here, not yet. Do you mind if I come join you to, to look around? Um, you're more than welcome to. Uh, I don't know how you're going to find a way up. Isn't there a rope you have? I have 20 feet of rope. It's a 20-foot wall. I mean, I can't tie it on anything. I guess I can try and haul her up. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have strength now. I don't yeah. have... I'm not a dexterity boy. She hmm. says, maybe maybe dr drop your lance down and let me... Or climb up using that, or a rope, anything will work, I'm sure. Um... Does she have any strength modifier? 
She does not look particularly strong. She looks more dexterous than anything else. Uh, like any at all. Hang on, John. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna. So I get ten feet of reach with the thing. So I'm gonna kind of lean over the side and uh, hold the lance down to her, okay. and she can try and jump up and grab the bottom of it, and I'll pull her yep. up if that works. That's the plan. She's gonna roll an athletics check with your help. She rolls a 14, which will be enough for this to be successful. She runs up and grabs the handle of the lance, and you haul her up, and she says, <clears throat> not a bad way to get up. Oh, yeah, and if the thing is still active, I have, like, double my lifting strength, so she, she shoots up pretty swiftly. <laughs> nice. She says, you're, you're stronger than you look. I've not spent a lot of time with many elves. It is Melora's gift. I won't be like this for much longer, but I will use every ounce of my strength to protect this fortification. You, you speak a lot about Melora. Are you truly that devout of a follower of this god? She saved my town when no one else would. We sent many letters to the council trying to get as much help as we could to save Fark from the invading gnolls, but none would come to our aid. We sent letters instead to the paladins of Melora, and I suppose it was their adventurous spirit. They sent paladins to train the folk of the town, the city watch. All of us are now paladins following the teachings of Melora. That's par, par for the course for the council. And as far as the gods, I'd Suppose it's easier to believe in the gods you can see than the devils that you can. It's been a long time since I've heard a favorable story about the gods, Jack. Melora is not a god who favors many. She simply smiles down upon us as we go through what we must in life. She is the goddess of adventure. She doesn't make life easy for us. She gives us the opportunity to struggle. I suppose that's true. I only mean to say that many people are skeptical that the gods have abandoned us. Well, perhaps some have. It's hard to say, really. They're as varied as we are. That's true, I suppose, again. I'm sorry I didn't mean to get so introspective here on top of the on top of the, the fortress, but uh, there's something about the starlight out here in the desert that makes you want to think inwardly and outwardly into the universe for just a brief second. It makes you want to forget the troubles of life and all the things we have to kill to survive out here. Yes, I suppose it's the calm before the storm. And speaking of the storm, while you're up here, could you help me search for the town for any stragglers she peers over the town and <laughs> she she peers over the town and she looks down towards the crusty crag the saloon that you came from and the market district where you walked through and she peers down that way and she says i think i see a few moving around but i'm not sure if they're just satisfied with having put out the fire in the market or whether they're all just heading off to have a drink and who knows why they might not have heard that dynamite explosion, but it seems as though no one is headed back this way just yet. We 
we should be safe for the time being, but I don't know if we should stay here too much longer. Obviously, we've proven that we can handle whatever's thrown at us, but another 25 men to kill is not something I want to get into this evening. No, but while we hold the fort, we should remain battle-ready. I'd like to send letters to the same sect of Melora's followers. I want to see if we can form a bit of an adventurer's guild here. Hmm. Well, I suppose that wouldn't be too hard. We could maybe leave the letter with with um, with the bartender at the Krusty Krag. He could find the right place for it to go, or do you have other ideas? That sounds like a good idea to me. I believe I'll try and enlist the aid of Arlo. I've seen what he can do with the earth, and I think we can set up a few more fortifications and make life a little bit easier for a burgeoning guild hall. Very well. Well, let's hop down and, and, and speak to him. Like I said, I don't want to be here too much longer if we can avoid it, and I'm ready to get started on the rest of our journey, to be quite frankly, fr- quite frank with you. Yes, but we are 20 feet in the air, and I don't know how to get down. Uh, she says, it's easy. <laughs> she, she, she says, <laughs> she says, it's easy. You just jump. And she hops off of the wall and jumps, hits the ground and does a super graceful tuck and roll, uh, rolls forward and then is back up on her feet in a split second. She says, don't worry, Jack, you'll be fine. Come on down. Isn't that like a D10 for every 10 feet you drop? Of damage? Yeah. Something not like when that. you're li- not when you're light and have skills like this assassin girl. Okay, well, a ranger I'm, girl. It's a decent. I'm basically for every a rock. After twenty, huh? Oh, it's, after twenty? Yeah. Okay, I was about to say I'm a rock wrapped in metal with a giant rock in my pocket that tells me how far underground I've fallen. She notices your trepidation and she's like, "Or just use a piece of rope. It's not that hard. It's only twenty feet." And she begins walking to the garage. I'm going to use the last of, I guess it's the last, it's 10 minutes. I'm going to use the remainder of my peerless athlete to long jump to one of the tents and use it to break my fall. <laughs> Again, Hulk <laughs> style. All right. Welcome to the stream, Lady Starlot. Good to see you. And yes, the Krusty Crag. Very similar to the Krusty Crab. Um, and if I could do a Mr. Crab's impression, the bartender would have sounded just like him. Um, so you gracefully leap into this tent, using the tent to break your fall. You go crashing through it. The sound of fabric ripping underneath your boots as you land can be heard throughout the fortress. You land, some clanging pots in a box are broken underneath your feet, but you land damage-free inside a tent and walk out. (laughs) That's one way to do it. (laughs) On my way to the, uh, what are we calling it? Like the compound? I, I keep thing. calling it the garage. On the way to the garage, uh, can I grab one of the hyenas and kind of drag it with me? Of course. Oh, the hyena would be would have been added to your uh, journal as well. Yeah, I figured that. Yeah. Um. There's no. Is there any way? Uh, hang on. Before we move, Kate, could you grab the other one and help me drag these in? Yes, yeah, the sure. Building. Absolutely. She grabs a hyena and drags it along with you, both of you having drug a giant hyena <laughs> over to the garage at, as they lay outside the door. Sweet. Uh, they are giant hyenas, then? They are giant. 
Sweet. Then I'd like to skim them because according to the Monster Harvesting Handbook, which is similar to the Journal, correct? Yes. Uh, a hide from the giant hyena is worth 20 gold pieces. Wonderful. Will it's you a, get two of those? It's a DC 16 to peel it off of them. Do I get Roll. like advantage for being a butcher or anything? Yeah, why not? You, That's a good call. I also the fact that you didn't like make a oh I used to be a butcher so give me advantage like you've been a butcher the whole campaign so I'm happy to allow you to have advantage. Sweet. I didn't need it, <laughs> or at least not for the first one. I do need it for the second one. Pooby, I only got one. All right. So let's say two bites from one. Let's say that you um, were successful in getting the one for full value. The other one's only a half value hide. You goofed it up a little bit. Sweet. So you so you sit outside and skin two giant hyenas while Kate walks inside um, to Eros and Grimm, and she says, uh, "Fellows, what have we found in here?" We have found stolen trinkets and coins and nine. TNT pick. I mean nine nine TNT sticks. Sorry for the loud bangs. Juice has a bone that he will not chew in the corner quietly. He keeps dragging it over and smacking the table with it. That's okay. Um she says that sounds like a very good find. Grim, I assume you found a way to transport all the gold. Indeed I have. My uh my mimic here, and I pat him again. Um, has come in quite handy. Perfect. Um, do you think it would be a good idea to slip that TNT inside that bag as well? Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Momentary pause. I feel as though it might be the safest place for it inside a magical bag instead of on one of our persons where, God forbid, one of us were to be lit on fire by a summoned fire elemental or any other reason and we get blown to smithereens oh i got it i got the special armor from the best person ever oh yeah he can deflect one hit yeah i guess he can deflect an explosion that'd be great yeah i I picture uh john like deflecting an explosion kind of captain america style with his shield like he just he like just says the words, and then instead of taking the damage, he just gets blown backwards a hundred feet. Um, she, uh, Kate says, uh, "Armor is all well and good, but it's still a possibility that all of this could go off by accident." You saw what it did to the fire elemental. I, I think the best, the best place yeah. for it would be in a sort of demi plane inside of Grimm's pocket. Or yes, I I know it was just a joke. Um, no. yes, let's just put it in. I'm sorry, Eros. I've been in the field a while the jokes are sometimes lost on me a little bit but i'm sorry i'm sure it, it, you are a very funny boy okay thank you so, i take the sticks and uh feed them to mimic all right the mimic bag goes y'all like that <laughs> after he takes all of those in i just kind of like poke him a little bit just very lightly in like the just the kind of the center of where i imagine his head would be and i just go how are you doing are you you okay (laughs) it burps and goes it goes 
Whoa. It just it it when you pat the bag, it's starting to feel pretty full. Okay. okay. I don't. He's like a he's food. like grandpa after Thanksgiving dinner, equivalent in a mimic bag. <laughs> Keith, you can correct me on this, but I don't picture this thing being of like stiff, firm leather. I picture it being like a really loose. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it is, but it's getting firmer and firmer the more uh Grim puts in it. Gotcha. How, how big is it? Cuz I was imagining just like a small little coin purse. Yeah, that's it. Belt. Okay. That's it. And it's its mouth opens as kind of as wide as you need it to get to within reason for you to like slip those TNT things and stuff. <laughs> it's a goofy looking little thing. It's a goofy looking little bag. Kind of if you can picture it as kind of cute, it's kind of cute. Okay. You know, I don't know how you do that, but um, it is. No, I got you. I, uh, after I put those in there and poke them, I go, I, I probably shouldn't put too much more in there just for, for right now, but uh, what are you planning to do with this uh, dynamite? Well, where we're going, there's a rock slide that's covering what I hope is an entrance into where the Moradin's tiny orb is is held or kept or hidden whatever you want to call it but um i know that arlo has a great deal of power but i don't know how deep we'll have to go so i wanted to cover our bases and grab as much of this explosive as we could and just in case we have to blow the lid off of that place yes i remember i remember now that you mentioned that um very well what should we do here i think we are about done. Yeah, I think we should start heading out now before things get a little bit worse. Yes, she comes over to Eros and puts a hand on his back and says, Yes, I think you're right, Eros. Um, we don't want to be here in case these other other uh, tough men come back. Um, shall we take our leave and decide on a plan outside with everyone? Mm-hmm. Well, I think first we should return all the coins that we have found that no that we know that was stolen, and bring it back to everybody. I don't know if anyone's... Stolen. Well, I thought they were stolen. A lot of this money was stolen, but I don't know if there's a good way for us to tell how much of it was stolen and how much of it was quote-unquote earned. Or I certainly don't know if all of the adventurers coming back from the, the Bone Mountains keep a ledger of the things that they've grabbed in its value. Who's... Who's to say if anyone would be trustworthy to give the gold back to? I don't know. That is true. Should we split it then? I'm going to leave that up to you all. I'm, I'm said I I have a uh, uh I have I have a a funding from the servants of the scale uh, that I was given, so I, I I am not in great need of gold, but uh, I will leave that up to you. I and will give you will will put upon you no shame for whatever decision you make on that. Well, <laughs> gold what, digger. What is the, what is the serpents of the scale? The Ser- servants of the scale, the organization that you are now working for, Eros. Uh, yeah, because I don't think I got. You were, you probably haven't been told. Yeah. Like externally, but in the game, you would have been told before we even met you, if you've been uh, working with, basically the leaders of the servants or of the scale. I don't think I. Uh-huh. That's, that's... John, that was in that packet. 
I think that I gave you before we started season two. Mm. Did you do your homework? Uh, packet. So that would like be the, no. <laughs> no, the big, huge, long list that you gave me. The email that I sent you. Uh, yeah, I don't think I saw about the. It might. Anyway, the servant servants servants like slaves, but the word servant servants of the scale. It is the secret organization run by Corinne and Albert Fullhart, the people well, who sent you on this mission. I know what it is, but I thought my character did not know. No, you do know. Okay, you, you live with them, and they now employ you. Uh, yes, you were spying you on know. them because you knew they were the servants of the scale leaders. Uh, and that. then they caught you, and now you're employed by the servants of the scale leaders. Mm, At okay. some point, you found out about the servants of the scale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, then forget what I said. Then rewind. <laughs> okay. Not so. She says, "I'll put on you no shame for whatever you all decide to do with the gold." You all found gold. What gold? What are we talking about? <laughs> I want to like about this time. I'd imagine Arlo's coming back around the side of the building. Oh well, yeah. yeah. Bunch of bunch of gold was in that safe over there. Yeah. Hey, how, what happened to it all? How big is a giant hyena, Keith? Um, they're pretty large, right? Yeah, like probably five feet at the shoulders. Okay, so yeah, Jack is like glancing up over a prone <laughs> body of a <laughs> hyena covered yeah. in blood. Yeah, there was a bunch of gold in that safe in there. What what happened to it? I don't see it. I don't know what you're talking about, Arlo. I told Grim to put it in his pocket since I couldn't see any bags. I look to Eros and I go, I turn out the two pockets of my pants that are empty. And I, I say, do you think that much gold and trinkets could have fit in my pockets? As funny as this is, boys, we, we probably should get out of here. I have to imagine the gold is in the same place as the dynamite, which is in Grimm's magical little cute bag he has on his wrist or waist. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. All right, now, what? we're just going to we up and leave? Do we, we leave the door locked? What, what, what are we doing here? Keith, I think Grimm was setting up a character moment there before Kate jumped in. No, I wasn't. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of was, but not. He turned out his pockets, and while denying that he saw no gold, said, how would I fit that much gold in these pockets? What was I supposed to say? Like, he he said he didn't see it. He, He said he saw no gold, but then he said that much gold. Oh, gotcha. Sorry. My bad. I didn't pick up on that either. Um, but she she's a little flustered. She's it's been a big moment for her. Let's give her cut her some slack. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so now we we open the door and we we're good to go. We don't need nothing else. I'd if at all possible, I'd actually like to leave the compound sealed up. If you could uh, make sure the door stays shut, I want to send a letter to the Paladins of Melora. I want to see if we can set up an adventurers guild here at the. What is it, the Bone Mountains? Um, yeah. I mean, that's you're outside the... Melora's yeah. Quiver is outside the Bone Mountains. Here at the base of the Bone Mountains, where the adventurers seem to congregate anyway, it would probably be the best spot for it. All right, so we'll leave it closed up then. All right. That sounds good to me. 
All right, we got everything we need. Everybody ready? I'm ready. I um, wanna. Wait. It's it's the middle of the night. Uh, we seem to be fairly safe in here. I'd be more than happy to walk the perimeter. I don't sleep much, but everyone else can get a long rest, and I can notify you if anyone comes knocking. A fair point. I hate to think this way, but desperate times call for desperate measures. There are still somewhere around 20, if not more, members of this extortionist gang out into are out in the town and they'll eventually want to come back here to sleep tonight i don't always think this way but it should we send some sort of message on the outside of the wall to maybe explain to these men that the gang has been disbanded their leader is dead and they should not return i without making a w- without saying anything grim pulls the great axe out of uh mimic and goes over and cuts off the head of the big big bad <laughs> well i, I already right. buried everybody except the hyenas what? Oh. did you did you go in there and pull i don't know if you went and got that one guy's body from inside the Inside the garage. That's what I said I was doing. I was digging holes to bury everybody. Well, then, if you were doing that, I was checking out him. So, I would think you would That was after. Oh, yeah, okay, after. then. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I guess his body would be gone. So, all you'd have left right now is his axe. It's yeah, reasonable for if you want to go to dig him up. Rooting. No, Grim wouldn't know which, uh, which thing was his. The idea is still valuable, though. Take it. Go somewhere with it like it it could work i would think um, if we made a letter that would tell the 24 members of them that the leader if we made a letter that said that his leaders were de- the leaders were dead i think they would return and see who killed them well, i don't know if we're going to send a letter through the post service this evening yeah well, I know I that, and like, we don't send. know everybody's address and whatnot so I mean. but okay the letter I mentioned was for the paladins. Not I, know, the, right. I know that, but all that Kate was talking about, we send a letter to no, them. No, she said send a message. Oh, she's, yeah, send a message. A meta here, John, she's talking about like dangling his uh, mutilated corpse from the front of the wall so that anybody <laughs> approaching sees that the big bad guy was soundly torn apart. Oh. <laughs> as as oh. they're having a conversation, uh, I imagine like, uh, Arlo and Grim have gone around back to the shallow graves that were dug, and I'm I'm just like using mold earth over like each one of them. This one, no, this, this one. <laughs> yeah, about this I one? was gonna say, um, Grim just kind of while the rest of them are talking, he just like because he, I'm gonna say that Grim was unaware of what Arlo was doing, so he just kind of like pulled the axe out and turned, and then saw that the body was gone. So he's like, oh okay. Um, and then he just kind of like walks out following the trail of blood to see if he can find him. <laughs> um, and then as you, if that is what you're actually doing, Arlo, where you're pulling yeah. up all the stuff, he's going to take the heads of every corpse. <laughs> oh, and then, and then I open uh, up the last one. Arlo's like, Oh, this one's all crispy looking. That'll be nice. He still takes it. Um, <laughs> and I want to, I want to go out and spend some time, um, 
gathering like a couple of sharp sticks and I just want to stick them outside the uh, the gate and put their heads on the pike. All right. <laughs> you successfully take 15 to 20 minutes to perform that task. <laughs> and now outside of the gates of the fort are heads stuck on sticks. And in the center of all that is the head of the concave head of the their leader outside on a pike. I would like to ask for Jack's help on something. Very well. Uh, while Grim is like putting these very, very lovely decorations out and about. He's fine, Josh. Uh, while Jack, uh, while Grim is putting these very lovely decorations out and about, I think that uh, I want to approach Jack. Uh, Jack, I could I could put a message out there on the rock or the wall. How you write them's dead? Um, do you want it to say them's dead, or would you like something a bit more eloquent? What's that? No, they're not elephants. They there was a big hyena. I see. I see. <laughs> would you like something that explains in more detail, or do you think them's dead will be enough? I don't know. He's dead. Well, I suppose I suppose we could use an elephant. How do how you spell elephant? Let's go with them's dead. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at I see. I see. <laughs> it's kind of like, ah, that's what the level we're working with here. <laughs> well, keep in mind. That's why I find it so funny. To the written language. So. Yeah. Here, Arlo, this would be a good time for us to practice. Oh, I'm going to take my lance. And I'm going to scratch them's dead um, with an apostrophe over okay. between the M and the S. And yeah, so it says them's dead with them's as a proper, uh, what is it, conjunction, contraction? I forget what Contraction. Word. Contraction. Yeah. All right. So I want to put them's dead. <laughs> he's in Molder. I'm gonna I'm gonna put Dim's dead on the uh, on the wall outside. And you okay. see, Arlo, this you see this weird uh, hook. It looks sort of like a comma floating above the S here. Oh yeah, like a little bug or something. It it's sort of a placeholder that you know you, what you mean to say is them is dead, but you shorten it to them's by using this little placeholder, and it's all one word now. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. Uh, based on the way you talk, I feel as though you will use many apostrophes in your speech. Right. It's mostly apostrophes. It's, post- yes. post- it's mostly them squiggly things. Like, let's say, if you were addressing a group of people, right? how would you call out to them? Oh, them's them's. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you have a shorter word for it. Like, normally I would go up and say, hey, you all, how are you doing? Oh, you mean y'all? Yes. Yeah. I would like to draw out y'all for him. (laughs) (laughs) This is all the time we have for the spelling lessons for right now, but we'll get more work done on our trip through the mountains. That was a lot. You think I'm done yet? Not quite. All right. We'll keep at it. So now I've learned learned y'all and... Thems and dead. <laughs> and children. And children. <laughs> was there ever, was there anything else that any of the rest of you would like to do this evening? Um, 
Arlo, eh? I actually have another request for you. More apostrophes? I, I'd like to turn this into a guild hall, as I said before. Oh, yeah. I've seen the way you move the earth around. Is there anything you could do to maybe set up some market stalls or something? The uh, stall I yeah. burned to attract all the thugs out seemed to be selling more cheap wares than anybody else. Everything else seemed fairly specialized, but I feel as though there's a place here for new adventurers who can't afford the best items like we have. Where's Where's the place you want it? I was thinking along this wall, perhaps, and I want to direct him to the west wall of the compound. Okay. Cool. I get so, to do a thing. So Whoa, Arlo and Jack will say, unless we I mean, we don't have to go through all the specifics of you transforming this this fortress, do we? Um, it's just casting a spell. Yeah, it's casting a spell. It's a fifth level evocation spell. Um. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good on that. I just mean, if, I just mean, you're not gonna go through like the layout of this thing. No, no I think we're okay. Okay, um, I'm, I'm I'm happy to flash forward beyond that. Okay, the point of the spell that we were kind of talking about, like out, out earlier today, um, the point of the spell is if I concentrate on it longer than ten minutes, it's permanent. So it's gotcha. not like it goes away. But okay. if his concentration is broken. That's what we were getting at. If there's like an attack in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, I got to do it over again. But um, it is 10, 10 foot by 10 foot panels, unless you want them thinner than that. Just We'll just skip all over that. We'll okay. just we say good. it makes market stalls. Then we do that. Yes, you do that. Uh, your, your outer rim uh, deterrent is successful in taking the th- making sure the thugs do not return. I assume you all are going to take a long rest here this evening. Or are you going back to the Krusty Krag? Um, I'm fine staying there if the rest of the group is. I'd stay here. Yeah, I'm good. We left a note. Okay, perfect. So, um, Kate says to you all, I think it is a good idea for us to bed down here this evening, and we'll head into the mountains first thing tomorrow. Sound good? Arlo is already asleep. I'm going to... At least try to make myself a little bit more stealthier, just in case if something happens to jump in in here. Okay. Stealth sleeping. Stealth sleeping. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Stealth sleep. sleeping. So you, you know, everybody's seen like the Disney movie Atlantis, where like little mole guy like buries himself down into a little hole. He's like, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah that's pretty <laughs> much all at this point. Perfect. Um, exactly that. I think I'm. I was thinking of just, like, sleeping behind the garage. Where all them dead baddies are. Pretty much. Okay. While while everyone's kind of together, before they disperse, um, Grim's going to pull out uh, the gold that he collected, and he's going to be like, oh, I was just joking earlier about, about not seeing the gold. I, I fully intend to split it up with you. And he divides it into um, equal portions and passes it to uh, Arlo, Eros, and Jack. Um, everyone, I'll be taking, uh, these pelts into the market tomorrow before they expire. Uh, I couldn't take the trinkets that aren't really fluid cash and trade them in for gold while I'm there, if you'd like to hand them over for a time. Mm, Fair enough. 
That sounds good to me. I also have to go to the market tomorrow and sell these um, these items that I looted off the bodies. Well, in that case, would you mind carrying it all while I go and prepare the letter for the paladins? Uh, absolutely. I want to offload that pelt and a half to him. And for reference, those are the whole pelt is worth 20 gold and the half pelt is worth 10. Okay. Perfect. All right. So let's say that this day, this night ends with the very cozy image of Jack and Arlo walking around the edge of this place, casting spells uh, and getting this place just right to be an adventurer's guild. Eros finds himself a sneaky little place to go to sleep. Kate goes and commandeers one of the tents uh, near a campfire to go to sleep. And then by the end of the night, Jack and Grimm <clears throat> sit down next to a campfire briefly to hash out their plan for the morning. And everyone finds a good place to get a full night's rest this evening. The following morning, uh, Grimm, with little to no consequence, goes and makes his sale in the marketplace getting market value uh, or at least sale market value. So let's say Grim, if the math works out, let's give you what, like 80% of what those things are worth resale since they are, have been used by thugs and stuff. So um, whatever, like the well, it's just, manual says, well, it just says you'd get half of what they were valued. Oh yeah. Sorry. We've already done that. So half is perfect. Okay, so that, that totals 30 gold, my good sir. All right, so Grim, you make a sale for 30 gold, and you bring back 30 gold for young Jack Boy oh. as well. And, Jack and I, give it, I give him the full 30. What was that, Jack? So I think Jack's the oldest person in the group. Well, that, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Old like Jack Boy. Or something. So how much gold do I get again? You get 125. Yes, sir. Yeah. Nice. And so also Jack... Unless you have a letter prepared to read, we will say that Kate runs your letter down to the Krusty Krag and hands it to the, unless you'd like to do this, and hands it to the bar owner and tells them and gives them instructions on what they are to do with it. Um, that is fine, but I'd also like to put five gold in it as a donation to the church. Perfect. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Grim to go to the smithing, see if I can get a better shield. John, they can't just keep creating magic items every time I'm not the store. <laughs> I'm not trying to get a special special item, but like more of a, just a tougher like shield. Shield's shield is a shield. Okay. Yeah, yeah shield's just a shield. Okay. I want to find a box. A box? A box. I want to find a box. For a box. what purpose? For collecting bugs. All right, so Grim brings you back a box <laughs> from the market <laughs> stall. Too as far well. into that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, Grim, Grim, uh, in his Grim style, would have just would I would assume have agreed to bring you back a box, and he successfully brings you back a box. Yeah, cool deal, cool deal. Um, if you can't tell, I'm just trying to get us kind of through this morning. We've we've had some kind of mundane. Uh, second life stuff over the last three episodes. I want to get us moving along, if that's okay with you guys. That is fine. Okay, so everybody wakes up. We get these these chores done. Um, Kate brings back a message, and she says that the owner of the Krusty Krag 
The owner of the Krusty Krag Jack seems very, very ready to um, hand this letter off as uh, with your instructions. I believe by the time we return, uh, things should be rolling on your new adventurers guild that you are starting here. So congratulations. Excellent. Thank you. That's, that's very good to hear. And with that, she says, is everyone ready to journey into the mountains today? Yes. Yeah, I think so. All right, it will be a long journey, so let's get going. And so, you all, Fellowship of the Ring style, go trudging off into the Bone Mountains. The desert is hot. The sun beats down upon you, but luckily, because you bought the magical clothing two episodes ago, uh, you are not as hot as you could be. And so, along the way, you learn a few things about Kate. At least one of you got curious about Kate, and instead of her telling you through her own mouth her life story, I will give you a brief summary of what she tells you about herself that you have known. Is that all right with you all? Yep. That'll work. You hear this story from her. There's some conversation had, and of course, if there's anything specific that any of you would like to say to one another, please do that. I'm just, you know, I don't want you to think that I... I don't want you to think that I want you to make any like idle chit chat for to fill time for me to do anything. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. You're good. It's all good. Okay. Let's see what we got. Let's just quick time till we get to some action. Cool. Issues. So you are you are walking through the desert. Um, eventually, I'll post this picture in on the stream as well as on the. Um, uh, it's all uh, on the Discord and on the stream to show you kind of a visual of what you're looking at at this point. Um, at this point, you are traveling through a landscape that looks very Grand Canyon-y at this point. The desert surrounding the Grand Canyon, and eventually you find yourself walking through a very dry canyon-like area. The mountains are beginning to go up all around you. The landscape is very much in the vein of the picture that I've just posted on the Discord as well as on the stream. Um, so, <clears throat> it takes you actually several days worth of walking to get to where you want to go. I said one day, um, but as you got out there, Kate got to one point and she says, we're going to make camp here for, for the night, uh, to your surprise, and then you learn that it actually is several days' journey to get out to where you're going. So, over the next few days... You guys learned some things about Kate. You learned that her family came from the south of the Round Isle, down where Buckland is, um, or the Round Isle is where Buckland is. She came from the very south of it, down in Medine's Beard, in that snowy, mountainous region. Her family lived off the land in the bitter cold until uh, eventually the land grew more and more hostile with the beasts and new creatures. Her family intended to travel to Buckland to work and gain enough funds to make passage to the mainland when they decided that uh, the South and all that cold was too difficult to survive in. Uh, she tells you um, at some points very difficultly and bear through tears about how on the journey her father fell extremely Ill, Ill from the cold and the damp out there. And uh, one night Kate and her mother struck out to look for help in the forest but were beset by a yeti, which is a huge man-like creature that keeps to itself and kills anything that disturbs it. They thought that the Yeti stayed in the craggy, peats of, craggy peaks of Medine's beard, but apparently not so anymore. Kate's mother was mortally wounded in combat with the Yeti, and Kate received an extremely crazy, gnarly scar on her left arm 
um, that stretches down the length of her arm. She rolls up one of her sleeves to show you this this huge gnarly scar on her arm. She she tells you that it almost tore the complete the arm completely off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate had to carry her mother back to their camp, where she was able to say goodbye to her husband before she passed away. And then over that night, the grief and the stress was too much for uh, her Kate's father, and he passed away before that that next morning. And unfortunately, being as injured as she was, she had to move along and leave her mother and father to freeze her their bodies to freeze in the cold. But eventually, over the next couple of days, she was able to hobble into Buckland um, and eventually receive medical uh, help for her arm, which was not properly healed. So she continued to have this scar. And that's how she tells you that she found her way to working at the Full Hammer Mine. Uh, She gained employment as a huntress, scouting and killing game for food to feed the workers. It was at that point that she caught the eye of Torque Full Hammer, the son of the proprietors of that mine. Um, and within three months, they had fallen madly in love and were wed. And after the wedding, Kate learned of her in-laws' secret organization and all that was going on and wrong in the world. She agreed to help. Being the hardy and confident explorer and huntress that she was, she took to going on scouting missions, scouting missions for the servants of the scale, scouting new recruits, looking for new caches of supplies, or in this case, looking for magical items that could save the order as they know it. So now, over the those couple of days... You know much there, much of what there is to know about Miss Kate Fullheart. Nice. Um, I figured that would be an easy, easier story to tell you that way than to, you know, have her tell it. You seem to be quite the accomplished adventurer, Kate. Yes, I. Sometimes I regret all the things I've had to go through, but they have made me stronger. I still miss my mother and father, but. I know they'd be proud of the woman I am today. Oh, most assuredly. Well, where do we go from here? Well, she turns towards a craggy ravine. You descend into you have descended into a valley within the mountain range. It's very Grand Canyon-esque. You travel down into the bottom of this canyon over the course of her telling you this story and you know all the different conversations you guys have. Let's assume that you all grow closer together as a party as you go down this montage. Um, eventually you travel down into the bottom of the canyon and you follow the river. After a few days of travel following this river, it's even more a couple days, uh, the, in the magical map you're in possession of, guiding you along the way, you come to a small creek that breaks away from the river. It travels down a narrow branch of the canyon, and after a few miles, that path grows more and more narrow until you have no choice but to step into the eight-foot-wide creek and continue walking as there's no longer dry land on either side of this small creek. It's about, you know half a foot deep it's not very deep very shallow little creek flowing away from you as you walk down it uh the walls of the cliff are high above you inside this ravine it's dark it's growing kind of chillier as you walk down that way you can see light above you outside of the ravine but at the bottom down here it is cold and shady and eventually you find yourself at the termination of this ravine at a wall of boulders and large stones that extends upward to the height of the ravine. And she says, finally, we're here. Well, this was such a pain to get up here. Yes, Eros, it was a long walk, but I hope the prize will be worth the journey. I hope so, too. 
So now, what do you want us to do with this uh, dynamite? How do you want? How do you propose we set it up? Well, let's take a look around, and maybe Arlo, with his abilities, might have an idea of a way we won't have to use it. But um, I'm we we may have to. I don't know. Everybody, roll a perception check for me. Okay. Cool be you. It's an eleven. Fourteen. I got a one. <laughs> but that's that's plus like about a hundred, right? Mm, I wish. Um, so I got a nine. Okay, what Grim? Um, I was just gonna say Grim was just distracted by the wall itself. He's just kind of like looking it up and down, like, man, that's that's a big wall of rock. Gotcha. It is a very large wall of rock. Um, all of your perception checks reveal that those boulders are very large and heavier than any of you can lift by yourselves. Um, but Jack, one thing that you notice as you're looking around, you notice that that creek continues to flow underneath the boulders. Uh, you notice that the creek doesn't like stop or anything, that, that there's still water flowing under those boulders and away from you beyond them somehow. Everyone... Shouldn't, with all the boulders blocking the way, shouldn't this crevasse be filling up from all the water? Yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think so, but it's going somewhere. It seems to be flowing through. I wonder if there's a... Hang on. I wonder if there's a passage through the rocks? Not to mention the fact that your, your um, map is betraying that this does look like the way that you should go to get to the orb. Okay. Can I... I want to do a thing. Okay. I want to do... Because I just... I For all the time we've been playing d and I've never done ritual spells. So I can do commune with nature as a ritual spell. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes me 11 minutes... And if I do it as a ritual, it doesn't burn a spell slot. So that's cool. That's cool. Um, real quick, I'm going to read it very fast. You briefly become one with nature and gain knowledge of the surrounding territory. And outdoors, a spell gives you knowledge of the land within three miles of you. In caves and other natural surroundings, radius is limited to 300 feet. Um, doesn't, doesn't work in town and stuff like that. Uh, instantly gain knowledge of up to three facts of your choice about any of the following subjects related to the area. Terrain and bodies of water, which absolutely that's one we're going for. Uh, okay. Plants, minerals, animals, and people. I'll go for that one. Uh, powerful fae, celestials, fiends, elementals, or undead, uh, or influence on other planes of existence or buildings. So I'll go with terrain and water, uh, plants, minerals, animals, or people, and then influence other from other planes of existence. I need uh, three three facts about all this. Uh, I shall do sort of the same thing, except doing detect magic using a ritual too. Okay. Just so three. Same so three facts. So is that a total of nine facts? It's um, one of nature gain knowledge of the surrounding territory in the outdoors. Spell gives you knowledge of the land within three miles of you. Uh, gain knowledge of up to three facts of your choice about any of the following subjects as they're related to your area. So I'll do okay. I'll do terrain and bodies of water, and then uh, influences from other planes of existence. Okay, so that would be two facts about one and one fact about the other. 
Yeah, give it to me. Okay. All right. Um, first of all, uh, Eros, your detect magic ritual uh, does not come up with anything. It doesn't look like there's anything magical going on here, um, or exceptionally magical. Okay. Um, and it said, what, what about caves, Arlo? Uh, if I'm in a cave or underground in some way, it's, it doesn't go three miles. It does 300 feet. Okay. Um, so your magic passes beyond this rock wall. And one fact you learn is that beyond these rocks are is definitely the entrance to a cave. Okay. You can tell that about eighty feet, this 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 cascade, this uh, wall of rubble, goes about eighty feet until um, an opening in the wall, which is about five feet wide and eight feet tall, um, is back behind these boulders by about eighty feet. Uh, you can tell that this creek travels beyond here for much farther maybe even many miles into the cave beyond and you do not detect any uh hard connections to other planes of existence within the area that you are searching hmm. so I, I think those would be three three satisfactory facts that'll work so okay in brief, I've got how much how much rock is between us and like safe passage through this thing? Eighty feet of rock until you get to the entrance. Eighty feet of rock. Okay. Or eighty feet of like boulders, rubble. I got you. So it's not like it's like eighty feet wide and eighty feet deep, and then yeah, just eighty yeah eighty feet deep. Okay. If you walked forward eighty feet through these rocks, you would find yourself in a cave opening. Gotcha. Hmm. Let's see. I guess I want to. I want to let everybody else know about what I've what I've found. Um, I guess I'm just kind of like sitting, kind of like meditation style on a little rock, just trying to take it all in. Okay. And um, I would like to briefly try mold earth on a little section of rock that's just ahead of us to see if I can okay. move five feet of rock out of the way. Um, yeah. How, how, mold earth, you, it makes it soft? Um, yeah. Choose a portion of dirt or stone you can see within range that fits within a five foot cube. Um, if it's like loose earth, which I would guess is like just boulders sitting around would be okay. Um, yeah. you can excavate it, move it along the ground, deposit it five feet away. Um, doesn't cause any damage, cause shapes, colors, or both. See, I, that's, I use mold earth to cause shapes of words to appear on the wall outside. Yeah. Um, them's dead. Um, if it's on the ground, you cause it become difficult terrain, but that doesn't really apply in this one. Let's. So, what I'm picturing is you do your magic on the boulders directly in front of you, and almost form yourself an arbor. You like, let's say, you soften them and turn them into kind of an archway. Yeah, that's kind of uh, what I'm going for to see if I can get like a five foot chunk out of here. Yeah, so you successfully soften those boulders and push them all out from the side, and then kind of let them harden back up to hold the weight of the boulders above them, and you make yourself kind of a five foot deep archway through the boulders. Cool. Well, 
It looks like it's going to be a bit of slow going, but I think it's better than blowing up the whole mountainside. What y'all think? That's pretty good. Well done, Otto. All right. Let's do this thing. Um, Grim, a, a moment of your time. Um, yes, Arlo? I want to keep doing my, my cantrip and keep getting deeper and deeper, making that tunnel going through. Um, it, quick quick question there for you, man. Um, last time we was in a cave, I, I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but I mean, we all got paralyzed, attacked by a bunch of spider bugs. There was some, all kind of stuff in there. Um, what, what do you think go, going into this one? This cave looked a lot bigger. Well, although that is how that was quite a long time ago, we had just met. Um, I think that though this cave is bigger, we too have grown stronger as a group and individually. We have a new member. Um, I believe that whatever comes forward uh, to face us, we will meet head on and as we have in the past, overcome the challenge. I'm fairly confident that I can do what I need to do, what I'm good at doing, and I will do it to the best of my abilities. And I am confident in you and Jack, though there are some issues with him now, um, or at least he has been swapped in some way. I, I do not know the full story there, but I have confidence in all of us here to do what we can and what must be done. And I believe we will succeed. I believe we will make it through this cave. Um... Not necessarily unharmed, but I, I believe we will pass this trial and make it on to the next. Yeah, you think you think so, right? We'll be all right? I think so. I don't know that blowing a giant hole in this rock wall is the best idea, though. Yeah, um, maybe think, uh, hold on to that stuff. But yeah, if not you too could, tight. What? Not, not, don't hold on to it. Too tight. You know, oh yes, no, definitely. Um, if you could successfully make a way through it, I think that would be a good idea. I don't know how well I trust that either, but um, if push comes to shove, I could certainly try to swim through that river, that creek, or, or in some way move forward through it and see what we could find on the other side. No, it wouldn't. We wouldn't be worried about none of that. But um, I was just worried about you know blowing something sky high and us get trapped in here. Well, it, it, it's just we haven't had a good experience underground. I'm, I'm hoping this time is going to be a lot better. Smooth, you think smooth sailing, right? Smooth sailing. Sailing definitely uh, forward, but more like than not, I believe it will be sailing on a broken ship. Ah, well, what's life without a little bit of adventure? And I push past him and keep on excavating. <laughs> All right, so is there anything else anybody would like to say, or shall we allow Arlo to excavate his way through? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm going, oh, I'm no, going go to ahead. use. I'm going to use light on my torch. Just, just getting prepared if we're gonna go deep. Okay. Cast light torch. <laughs> What? <laughs> so the torch good. isn't even burning; it's just glowing. <laughs> I, I like that job because it's yeah. pretty. Because I have to use something. It's yeah. reusable. Wait, you got dark vision? Well, I don't know if y'all do. Oh yeah, everybody's got dark vision. But that's okay, that's like not have dark vision. 
let let John do his thing. Yeah. No, I love the instant glow stick idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's like a it's a flashlight. Right? It is a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Kate appreciates it, John. You're welcome. That is true. I just don't know what everybody has, so I'm just making sure that everybody can see within range of twenty feet. That is very helpful. And then I conjure Arrows. another elemental. Nice. <laughs> Zenas, what were you gonna do, buddy? Um I was gonna step out of the little rockway because I imagine that Arlo pulled me into the, the first little crevice that he made. But yeah. I wanna kinda step back as he's moving forward and I wanna make sure that it's not gonna, you know, collapse. Gotcha. Uh, Kate says um, she leans over to Arlo and Arrow standing there kind of away from it and she says uh, well I suppose maybe our fighting and killing for that dynamite was all for naught but I'm sure we'll find a way to use it eventually don't you think? Yeah. It was good to remove the corruption from the city where we could. And I like the idea of having an exploding stick handy. Yes, I just don't love killing for no reason, but I suppose they had it coming. Well, not never no reason. Uh, people of the town seem to be uh, under a little bit less pressure. Maybe they'll they'll prosper now. Maybe so. Keep up the oh, good work, Arlo. Um, so, as you keep up the good work, you eventually make it all 80 feet through this rock tunnel... Um, I think your mold earth move is pretty cool. I'm not going to make it collapse or anything on you at this point. But whenever you get through the rock wall, I'm going to change the image for the stream. You find yourself as well. I'll change it in the Discord for you to see. You all walk through the stone arbor that arlo has created into a very glowy fungal cave it's dark in there um and you pass through this entrance 80 feet deep into this rubble about a five foot wide eight foot tall entrance uh is seen in the cave rock wall as you pass through the entrance you can tell that you're in a huge wide open underground cave you walk through almost what looks like a a stone foyer walking through this creek with glowing fungi on the ceiling and glowing fungi all around you on the walls and as you continue walking down to this creek uh, the walls begin to open up beside you and above you and the creek now flows down into this wide open cave as far as you can see to the right and off to the left and off to the and and out in front of you you almost feel as though you might be in some huge dome underground this glowing fungal dome of a cave the ground descends before you in this open cave dome there are large lightly glowing mushrooms standing in various shapes and heights lighting the ground Uh, Some small and low to the ground. Some of these are 6 feet in diameter and 15 feet tall. As the creek you are standing in continues deeper into into the cave. Ahead of you, you can hear the sounds of animals scratching in the distance. As well, in the distance, you can hear the sound, the rhythmic sound of ting, ting, ting. 
Ting. And you guys are in the dark, dark cave. Well, it's and not that, really dark. Well, not it's dark, dark. Just a little dark. And that is where we end this week's episode of Dungeon Boys, everyone. Woo! That is where we'll end as they begin in a secret underground cave. Secret tunnel. Slightly dark. Slightly, slightly dark. dark. Secret tunnel. Only slightly dark, guys. Only slightly dark. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, if you watch on YouTube, if you listen on iTunes, if you listen on SoundCloud, if you listen on Google Play, if you listen on Spotify or any other podcasting app, please know that we appreciate you. We would love to hear from you. You can email us, tankmediagames at gmail.com, or use any of the links in the description of this uh, video or podcast. And of course, we would love to hear and have your ratings on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Um, anything to get us heard by more people. Uh, we work hard on the show, and we would love for you to uh, share it with people that you think might like it. And thank you for liking it. Um, but until next time, please remember that myself and the Dungeon Boys love you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Toodles. Peace. Later. Later.